Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Dangerous Rhetoric. This is the 39th episode. You've ruined it, Brian. I ruined it. Hold on, I'll cut again. Um, welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Dangerous Rhetoric. This is episode 39. And today, we are joined by Starsan, the beautiful, the fantabulous, the very opinionated and uh, awesome dog and so, cat parent. Starsan, you do social media marketing, correct, for No System? Yes. I do it for No System, and I also help out with Gothics. Cool. You um, uh, talk a bit about No System and, and that. Yes. So, as a matter of fact, I am wearing one of their amazing shirts right now. Ignore the the collar cut. I always do this to all my t-shirts now. I edit them to suit my chesticles. And um, <laughs> <laughs> what can I say? <laughs> you know, um, <laughs> but I am. I'm wearing, uh, they have this green tree company they go through for uh, sustainable wood earrings, Ooh. very lightweight. And I have the skin of a weakling and they don't hurt my ears. Nice. And I'm wearing one of their uh, little beastly rings. They have uh, the snake and they also have a, a lion, a bear, they have a bunch of them. And um, oh, I, bl- I blurred myself. Oops. And the capitalist shirt, which I love to wear a lot because apparently capitalism is the root of all evil. And so evil, those evil money makers. And I don't know when this is going up, but if it's going up before the weekend, uh, which means the uh, the 11th and the 12th, there's free shipping this weekend and they've got bundle deals for the uh, the holidays and just, yeah. Oh, Head over oh. to No System. You'll love it, guys. I love the the Don't Tread on Me earrings <laughs> and the revolver ones. Those are- I have the Don't Tread on Me too. <laughs> okay. uh, it, that'll be uh, nosisnose.com, guys. So nosisnose.com, yes. N-O-S-Y-S. And uh, sorry, K N O W S dot com. Cool. Yeah, I'm looking at it right now. Cool merch. Really awesome. They got great but, stuff. Brian's yeah, sort of like like a mall kind of system where there's different stores for different creators. Yeah, the main the main uh, uh, store is the No System, but okay. then you have the capsules that are like the little little stores in the oh, mall, God. and that that's how I like to describe it when someone asks what a capsule is. And I will tell you, Rick. Oh no! There it is. Oh, I, I got scared. I pulled it out. <laughs> Ta-da. Yes, I'm so smart. Yes, and um, the the owner of No System designs all this stuff himself. He does amazing work. I love working with Brian. Um, I love the we'll all be cognitive dissidents. That's Gothic, isn't yeah. it? That's all her. That, that's in Gothic's store. Um, <laughs> that cat one, no no reason, of course, but the Japanese cat one. I think that one's amazing. This is all the Luchadorables, and he just released a. Uh, a, excuse me a kid series and um these are adorable yeah aren't they so cute kids. yeah i love it make it make and those coming sizes and you see the infant terrible in your hodler ah that's so cute for the little chaotic punk in your life right <laughs> <laughs> i love it love it cool and you also you do art and we'll talk a bit about that too I do. yeah so let's get into the meat and potatoes of the episode. Uh, Don't forget everyone to like, subscribe, yes. share this episode. Yes, shameless self-promotion that I always forget to do. <laughs> yes, again. like, subscribe, comment. That's do all the things. We love the feedback and it's been increasing. So that's awesome. And yeah, that's share it if, you are, if you're feeling so bold Smash and it. all of that goes for Star Sun as well. So let us jump into it. One of the reasons I wanted to have you on the show was to discuss the quote unquote body positivity movement of which you've been rather vocal about lately on your new channel. And, you know, just con- con- these ideas of weight issues, 
body dysmorphia, trauma, all this stuff kind of goes together and identity politics, which is all sort of marrying each other. And so what, what made you want to start speaking out more about this subject and more specifically, I guess, against the positivity, body positivity movement and the problems you, you find in it? So I was honestly, I glugged the Kool-Aid when it first came out. I loved it because the thing is, I'm not, I'm never going to say they don't have some things right. And I'm going to do a video on it. There are things the body positivity movement got right. That being said, they're taking it from, hey, we're addressing these problems that happen to fat people that should be fixed. And now we're going, oh my God, everyone needs to pity us. And we need all this love and we need help. And you just are fat phobic. And, and it's just when I tell you, it, it's, it's disgusting for someone to speak about me because growing up, I grew up in an Italian household and my mother was overweight but she wasn't severely overweight, but the rest of her family was stick figures. So they really poked at her. So growing up, my mother was hyper-focused and terrified that I would get overweight and that I would, I mean, sorry, mom, wherever you are. Uh, <laughs> it sucks to be us. But um, no, so- I definitely think it's a thing in Italian families too, because, you know, I'm Italian, Daniel's Italian. And in both our families, we have, you know, the mothers tend to be bigger women, especially as time goes on, as they age, they tend to get bigger and that can lead to complications in terms of their health. Also like the cultural connection between food and eating and bonding and all that stuff, which is very- prevalent. Italians love especially to eat. Italian we love it. Culture, but like- I understand this more from an outside perspective, but definitely inside in the sense of like having many family members who struggle with weight. Yes. Um, my grandma in particular, she struggled with weight for many years. She was thinner when she was young. And then, you know, when she got older and had a few kids and, you know, life and all that shit happens and it got worse and worse over time. And then in her sixties, she had a stroke. And after she had a stroke, that was like this kind of wake up call for her that, the way it's something that needs to be addressed. You know, she needs to do maybe something more drastic than what she was doing that wasn't working. So she had to retire from her job. She worked as a secretary for the county in Union County, New Jersey. And she got a, I think it's called the, what's the bypass one where they shrink the sleeve? Oh, the gas. So there's the sleeve Gastric and the bypass. bypass. The, sleeve. the sleeve is when they turn it into a little banana in your stomach. Like your stomach yeah. is just this little... And the gastric pipe bypass does, I think it was that one she got. Is that similar? So, they were, <sighs> so the bypass, oh. as far as I know, with the sleeve, the sleeve is meant to uh, slim down your eating intake. The bypass can make you lactose intolerant because mm. it cuts out a part of your stomach that um, processes lactose. Then there's the band. The band is the most risky one, apparently, because when they wrap it around your stomach, it's, it's essentially an elastic. It's a medical gotcha. elastic. And if you push the limits, guess what? What happens to an elastic band? Snap. Ooh. And Ooh. then you've got all that. Exactly. I, th I think it may have been the gastric bypass, but I know after she got the surgery, she, you know, she lost a lot of weight rather fast and it did force her to change her eating habits for a while but what it comes down to is you know the stomach can stretch back out again and you can definitely put the weight on again and over the years over time she did gain that weight back not completely i don't think she ever got back to what she was before you know mm -hmm. when she had the stroke 
but you know, it did, it did come back. And then my aunt, her daughter struggles with her weight. My mom too is rather heavy. So I, I'm honestly like the only stick in the family now, I think. Cause the problem is the body positivity movement. And, and this is the core thing. So this is just like, if you're an alcoholic, right. And you drink every single day. And the only reason you stop drinking is because you literally get taken away from where alcohol is. Mm -hmm. The moment you're put back in front of alcohol, you're just going to drink again. Yeah. Same thing with uh, money issues. If you're terrible with money, no amount of money handed to you is suddenly going to fix your money problems. True. You have to learn. And so the problem with the body positivity movement, and I actually, someone addressed this today on one of my videos. They said, star, they're going to come for you because you're saying the body positivity movement wasn't started for fat people. And it was, so they're going to tell you to, to educate yourself and Google. And so I did. So I went and I Googled it. And here's the fun fact. Nobody knows how it fucking started. Nobody. Not That's a single person. If you look, one person said it was started by a black queer woman in the 60s. One person <laughs> said it was started by a factory worker in the 50s because he hated that his wife was getting made fun of. One person said it was started by the AIDS movement. One wow. person said it was started by the veterans movement. There's no one thing. The only consensus everyone can say is that in 2012, Tess Holliday uh, decided to F your beauty standards movement. Okay. So that's the only one we have to go by. And the problem is none of them address the issue. Body positivity enables people. It tells these fat women and men that your eating issues, your dependency on food, your emotional eating, whatever it might be, none of it's your fault. None of it's your fault. All of it is because society was mean to you and they've put these horrible standards upon you. And so you just eat whatever you want and you love your roles and da, 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 da. And the thing is that doesn't teach somebody, just like with the gastric bypass, gastric bypass is great at losing weight quick. It's a great medical tool to make you lose weight. But if you don't change your behavior, it's not, it's not going to make any real substantial long-term change. But another thing too, that I want to bring up because we talk about families and, and, you know, culture and all that stuff too, is, you know, could there be a genetic predisposition to gaining weight and to holding weight? And, and this is the thing I've noticed is some people put on weight very easy. Other people, you know, their immune systems, I shouldn't say their immune systems, their metabolism is quicker. And then they can eat whatever the hell they want and they don't put on weight. And, you know, I've talked to a few friends about this who struggle with weight too. And, and, you know, they're like, Oh my God, it's not fair. Or you have pretty privilege. I've heard shit like this. And it's just like, what it comes down to is it's not fair. Bodies aren't all the same. Some people are going to put on weight easier and have to work harder to get rid of it. And some people are also going to get rid of weight very easy. And it might be harder for them to put weight on. It's like, some people might be able to eat total junk food crap and, and, and just go running in the morning and they're fine. Exactly. Someone else running in the morning is not enough. You know, they might have to cut out all the crap, eat, eat super strict, you know, go to the gym more regularly. There is no one size fits all with diet. And I think the same, the same goes with working out and how much you will have to work out to achieve the type of figure you may particularly want. It's not fair if you have to work out harder, but the universe doesn't care about that. A hundred percent. Yes. I when I tell you, because I that's my been my gripe for years about the whole diet thing. The problem with it is 
is there is no cookie cutter solution for anything. There's no cookie cutter solution for diet, for exercise. Everyone is different. Your bodies are different. And the problem is it's the opposite. It's the same thing on the opposite uh, extreme with the body positivity movement. There is no cookie cutter way to say that you're healthy. I'm very lucky that despite my size, I have no medical issues because my mother, for all of her faults, I loved my mother to death, God rest her soul. She was extreme organic. Everything had to be, uh, you know, holistic foods, all natural, had to be as homemade as possible. And she, I, I didn't eat like what most kids ate if, until I got to school and traded my Nutrigame bar for Gushers. Right. And <laughs> no one had heard of them. I was eating Kashi cereal back when it tasted like true shit. And it was, <laughs> my mom was, was absolutely obsessed with everything because before Whole Foods was Whole Foods, it was bread and circus. And I used to go back when it was that. And she would go to the ghetto of Rhode Island just to go to that market because it was super expensive. And that's where all our money went, by the way. We was broke, but we made sure we spent good money on food. Um, You're going to spend money on anything. That's what it should definitely be spent on. And that's where I tell everyone, because like, I will say this and again, like there's things they got right up until uh, the pandemic, because in in 2019, I I can pinpoint exactly when my weight gain got extreme. Okay. It was in 2019. My mother passed away three days before my birthday. Oh, yeah. then in October, my best friend of 25 years died as well. Ooh. And yeah, so that was like a short span of months apart. So do and you, would you say that you stress eat or eat when you're depressed? Neither. I didn't do anything. So for me, I stopped moving. I barely ate. So it was the I didn't move. Yeah, none. Zero. I slept. When I say slept, me, the dogs, the cats, we enjoyed the shit out of my couch. <laughs> and that's all we did. My husband would sit there and he'd come home. He'd be like, did you eat? And I'd lie. I'd be like, yeah, totally. But then the problem is because I would get so hungry second day in, I might have a really huge meal. Gotcha. So huh. I wasn't moving. But right. then when I did finally eat, I was intaking two, 3000 calories and then not eating for another few days. Right. So, and that was a really bad habit. So now, and I've actually gotten into that habit now of just simply not eating. So he'll come home and be like, did you eat today? Yes, honey. I'm making sure. Okay. Like <laughs> it's I, I was talking thing. to a friend about this. I actually, I sent her one of your last videos about the body and stuff. And I'm like, you know, you might find some of this interesting and she has had similar issues in that way where she's not eating and, and she's still not losing the weight. And I'm just like, you know, I'm trying to, I was trying to explain to her why she should maybe push herself to exercise a little more and how that could also increase and like stabilize your appetite. At least so there's actually a reason why she, she's like, not can't, she can't bring herself to do that. She said like the challenge of exercising and all that, like just makes her feel worse. It and does. So I'm not sure how, what else advice to give in regards to this stuff, but I know, you know, it's something she's dealt with. She was thinking about one of the surgeries. I forgot which one it was, but her doctor just told her that she's not like eligible for it. So you have to be, be a certain weight. 
And the thing is, what a lot of folks don't realize is there is an optimal time in the morning you need to eat no matter what size you are. This is the one cookie cutter thing I will say. You have 45 minutes from the time you wake up to have something to eat. You have to ingest something into your body. And here's why. At the end of the day, science dictates we were hunter gatherers. Well, excuse me, when you're a hunter gatherer, if you don't get your food, your body starts to say, okay, we need to go looking for something. So we are going to hold it all in. That's why a lot of folks who don't eat breakfast tend to have that great burst of energy in the morning, but then they are faltering towards the afternoon and the evening. So they also tend to be people that rely on other things like energy drinks or cigarettes or something like that to give them that kick of energy. So that way they're able to move through. And then you'll notice those are the same people. They'll be one of the two extremes. They will either be very overweight or very thin. Mm -hmm. And that's what it is. Your body is trying to figure out a way because even though we've evolved up here, there's a lot of things that go on in our body that have not evolved. That's why when I sat down and did nothing, my body was like, okay, she's going into some kind of hibernation mode. So we're going to make sure we keep all that fat. So all the muscle that I had, because I was very muscular, um, went out the window. Because the thing is, I weighed 350 in 2018. I walked all of Vegas, no problems. And and Vegas is fucking hot. And so it's like only a few years ago, I was able to do that. If you check my blood now, I haven't gone to the doctor since the pandemic. So this might be a lie. Um, But up until the pandemic, I had healthy blood and everything. But then you could check someone half my size, my husband, for instance, and I guarantee he's going to have problems that I don't. That's because he's different than I am. And that's the biggest thing Uh, to your friend. I will say what she needs to do. And this is the main thing I tell to anyone losing weight. Forget about the gastric bypass. It is a Band-Aid issue. I know three friends that have gastric bypass and all three have gained weight back. One of them was a teacher. He gained all the weight back and he died of a heart attack. She's a teacher as well. Wow. Isn't that interesting? There you go. And that's why I tell everyone, never look for Band-Aid solutions. They are great and they are fun and that and they make you feel better because you feel like you're doing something. But if you're not truly learning, then you're not getting it done. What I found out is there is tests you can do. And I personally can be very honest. I know I'd get mad as shit if I had to do this test, so I wasn't going to do it. But what it is, it's actually an allergen test where you go through a series of foods. I think it's a list of 60 foods. Oh, the elimination diet. Yes, and you you fast. Yes. So you find out what is causing some problems with you. And then you go from there. Then you talk to a nutritionist. Then you, like, there's all these things you can do that teach you a better way. Um, Circling back to what you asked also, why I, I actually never emotionally eat. I actually get repulsed by food the more upset I am. I'm see I'm that way and my issue has always been holding weight keeping weight on and right now I'm, I'm like I'll donate I'm like, <laughs> yeah that's what people tell me they're like <laughs> I constantly so, I what I have when I make yeah. food I have to be like Daniel it's time to so eat so I'm doing okay Daniel. now I'm 145 right now but before the holidays I was back down to 135 and I think it was around 2019 during like some of my lowest periods and my worst weeks, I was as light as 124. And for, you know, for someone my age, I'm 31 now, I was 29 at that time, you know, and I'm not short. I'm like five, eight, 
ish. I'm like Bruce Lee's body type and weight, you know, but 124 was like not healthy. Like my ribs were showing and, and, and through my life, I've always sort of struggled like that. I've always been very skinny. And then yeah. it wasn't until like 2019 where I was like, I need to do something about this. And the exercising was the only thing that did anything, you know, cause it, it did two so things. Awesome. One, it increased my appetite naturally, just because biologically, when you're pushing your body more, it wants more food. So it makes you me more just hungry. want yep. to eat naturally. The yep. other way it helped was because mood was so tied into my eating habits, exercising also helped my mood. It made me feel more confident. It made me feel like, oh, I'm doing something. And by increasing my mood, that also increased my appetite and made me stabilize and eat a little healthy. But I fall off, you know, like I haven't been exercising at all in any of that mm-hmm. in the last and couple of weeks. But And see, I, I 100% agree. And see, you, the, I just made a small connection. Well, the three of us all grew up in Italian homes. The three of us all don't like to emotionally eat. I think it's because for us, good feelings equate to us going to eat the food itself is not the happy thing it's when we're feeling good that tends to be when we're having a meal so if we're not feeling good why should we eat that nothing joyful is happening right now yeah it's interesting how it could go either way you know certain people and and how there are the ones who turn to the food for the good feeling and then every time they're feeling crappy that that's their their coping mechanism right you know, m- much like people turn to alcohol or or pot or other various different ways they could cope um you know there, there are healthy coping mechanisms too things like music and art and that sort of thing and i think most I really people are a mixture of healthy and unhealthy coping mechanisms some just you know have more unhealthy ones than healthy ones but see, even the healthy ones can be unhealthy because like for me, obsess, yeah. yes, like so for me, what I did was I, I'm an obsessive reader. You, I love reading too. Yeah. Right. So I don't know if you guys ever felt this and my husband kind of laughs when I say it. I crave certain kinds of stories the way other people crave food. Like I love I'm an I'm a absolute diehard romance fan. Okay. The, be- the, the more romance centric the, the story, the more I'm into it. <laughs> and so and I'm also a weeb, so I'll just go through the manga reading apps oh, I got and I'll be bebop, like my bebop shirt on for you. Oh, good, the right kind of cowboy bebop. I'm yeah. so glad that got canceled. We did, we did not <laughs> watch it. Yet. To watch it yet. We're going to, but I've read some mixed opinions about but it. Just but just full disclosure, we sort of canceled our Netflix back when yeah. cuties was yeah. a thing. And really? Netflix, so. I, I made a video about cuties and I was just like, I can't in good conscience keep giving this company money. But See, I got it for free, so I didn't care. Yeah. Like <laughs> well, a friend has it, so we'll just watch it. We'll watch it on his. But, but yeah, no, back to the point of stories. I think I understand what you mean. And I was more I was more like that when I was younger. I read more fiction than nonfiction. Now I kind of read like a balance between the two. Sometimes I'll often be juggling a fiction and a nonfiction book at the same time. And I'll just switching between them, which I can do. I can't juggle two fiction books at the same time. Like I can't read one story and then go and just, I just don't, my brain doesn't want to do that. If I'm reading one story, that's the story I'm reading. And then I'll trudge through it. And then if I'm not in the mood to read fiction, I'll read my nonfiction book of whatever the hell it is, psychology or history or some other weird shit like the occult or something like, 
but um i read the, my first yeah. i read recently my first oh, yeah, Brent uh, read a romance romance novel because <laughs> I, I have this this my favorite author of all time this lady laura nightachik she was recommending that some people read some uh, romance novels because of the uh, ideas surrounding masculinity and femininity that are sort of coded in the narrative of these stories can be healthy for normal people to be exposed to. That so, sounds like heteronormativity. It's very heteronormative. Right? Let me tell but, you something. Yeah, it was a great it. story. It was by Amelie Howard. It was called The Beast of Beswick. And it was sort of basically just like a period piece retelling of the story of Beauty and the Beast. But it was cute and I, I liked it. It has sequels, which I have. The erotic parts were really funny. The though. erotic parts were weird. He would read them out, some of them out loud. <laughs> and I'm like, wow. So <laughs> I get complimented on, on the way I say words and the way I, I phrase things. I absolutely blew through those kind of books for like my 20s. I, I read hundreds. So I know many ways to describe a shaft. Like, it's just put it that way. <laughs> like, when they, there's so many ways they describe yeah. the human so body. Many ways. So many ways. But there's only so many ways you could describe it, but I guess, you know, you can get real creative with shit. Like, oh, they, you could tell that they would write it. They'd feel great in the moment. And afterwards, they'd be like, shit. <laughs> yeah, I grew up on Star Trek. So I have a craving for, uh, like space stories and science fiction. I like that stuff, I was, uh, but I was more into fantasy when I was younger. Fantasy is uh, my jam. Lord of the Rings, Harry Potter, like Labyrinth, Amy's trilogy. I love a good like monster story like too. Yeah, you know what I love? The end of world stories. So like some of my favorite films are like The Day After Tomorrow, Independence oh, Day, The Mummy. The Mummy um, yes. All those are my like, my husband knows if those come on TV, don't turn it off. Just leave it on. Yeah, the, the mummy is definitely one of those ones that when it's on, I'm just like, oh, the mummy's on. Like, I just leave it on. Poor Brandon <laughs> Fraser. Do you know what happened to Brandon Fraser? You know the story uh, of Brandon Fraser? I know. Ah, sexually I assaulted. And then thereafter was just like, I want nothing to do with Hollywood. Well, he's, he's back in now. He's acting again. He's in that new Doom Patrol show. Mm-hmm. Although you can't tell it's him because he has all the freaking and did you see his interview when like he saw people were praising him and he started crying on camera? I was like... Like we love you, Brendan. Come on, right? Watching Georgia the Jungle. Come on, both. I mean, the first two Mummy films are just solid movies. They are, and I honestly feel the only reason. The only reason why I hate the third one is because they couldn't get um, Rachel Weisz back. I don't know why she didn't do it. I think she was was doing that stupid Oz movie at the time. The recasting was weird. With the second one, it was weird how she was just able to fight all of a sudden. It's like. Bitch, weren't you like the like nerdy library the entire last movie? And now all of a sudden you're like a badass. She's a ninja. And then oh, and because like, I can't with like because reincarnation or whatever. And I can't yeah. with the anachronistic Plot source, stuff. guys. Come on. <laughs> anachronistic stuff to Egyptian <laughs> size. Yes, the the Asian <laughs> Chinese size in, in the Egyptian in ancient Egypt. women. And right. Not, so my like, favorite one was that Anoxana yeah. Moon didn't recognize her in the first film. Yeah. But exactly. she did in the second one. Yeah. <laughs> It's a little, but it was fun. Right, like the action scenes are really awesome in it. The first oh, one, though, is that is that is the one. Like that. it's so tr- it's it's peak. And see, like that's something where, and I know you mentioned it on our tweet earlier. So, do you want to know my art hot take? The one that really gets me uh, hated in the art community, and, yes, and I as the dangerous tale, the dangerous rhetoric. 
I despise fan fiction and fan art with a passion. Oh, Ooh. well, yeah, I, I, I understand that. Ooh. I understand it for sure. I, I rail right. against raging. all of it. Tumblr is raging right now. Well, I mean, <laughs> case in point, if, if not for fan fiction, we would not have Twilight. Well, no, no, that's not true. We see, not, isn't that we why we not. should be mad at fan fiction? Well, that's a good reason to just get rid of the whole thing all, all entirely. Grant always messes this up. It's not Twilight. You mean Fifty Shades of Grey. Twilight itself is practically a fan fiction of yes, just uh, everything we're, we're, else. Brent, did I do it backwards? What Brent meant was Fifty Shades of Grey, which was based on Twilight fan fiction. Right. But at least we could enjoy watching Fifty Shades of Grey because they get it on. There's no pleasure for the eyes watching Twilight. <laughs> sure, but you have to admit, there's definitely something kind of funny about the fact that oh, yeah. the fastest selling paperback in history was an erotic BDSM novel based on Twilight fan fiction. Just I just think that's process that and that says a lot about our current culture, especially with the to say that's just the fall. Because it's, it's like I get so and you guys are artists, so you understand. I personally get very annoyed when I see some of the, the most popular artists on DeviantArt on Instagram. And what do they have? all Disney characters. One of them, she makes these <laughs> stunning artwork, right? And she makes these pins that are this big, beautiful, charges $70 for them. No, I lied, $90. None of it is her original characters. None of it, yeah, none of it. Sad. Like, bitch, can you make your own shit? Yeah, like, uh, I, and- I think I agree there. I think a lot of it is just the, it's the shallowness of our, of our culture. And if something is just aesthetically well done, it's like, oh my God, it's art. And it's like, no, I mean, I can paint a lot of pretty things that are meaningless. And people get mad when I say it's technically illegal. They're like, it's not illegal. I'm like, actually, it is. It is. If they wanted oh. to pursue, if Disney wanted to pursue her, Disney could pursue her. Yes. And that's what I tell them. They're like, well, they haven't because it's free advertisement. No, they haven't because they know that the rest of you little assholes will re and scream and they'll get bad press for it. There's also but, so many people who do it that it's like, damn, you'd have to track all these people down. Exactly. All with lawsuits. It's probably not even possible when you're a company as popular as Disney is. Of course, like you're going to have more fan. And that's the problem. Thing and people try and monetize on it. Because like for me, my issue with it all was and, and this is as a creator, and I know it's a mild arrogance. It's partly why I avoided uh, pursuing a true art career because I sat down and I consternated and, and, and I, uh, uh, like I went over my characters and I tried to figure out a good backstory. And if I made these characters and I love them and I, and I made them the way I wanted, and then I go online and I see somebody pairing the brothers together, I would literally... <laughs> punch a wall it's it's just like oh and then i see like the fan art for like the marvel films and you don't just pair the wrong characters you use the faces of the actors you absolute creepazoid what the fuck is wrong with you (laughs) yeah like the the fan fiction world is it's weird. I remember definitely in college, I read a little bit and dabbled into some of that. Like, man, Harry Potter fan fiction is fucking weird. I man. remember when I discovered what Yaoi was <laughs> yeah. the first time, and I was like, they, they do what? To- oh, yeah. <laughs> so my introduction to fan fiction was Harry Potter. Okay. There was a girl. And see, the thing is, this is maybe this is where it originated from. So my initial introduction, there was a girl I was friends with in high school. This girl was, and I'm not not trying to body shame anybody or shit but you could tell she was a late bloomer 
She was 15, but looked like she was nine. She dressed like, so you remember back in the day, the the turtlenecks with the sweatshirts, with the mom jeans and the big clunky sneakers, how that wasn't a fashion statement like it is today. It was a, okay, like, okay, we see what you're doing. Um, She, this is, this is how she was. She had four feet of hair. She had the straight cut bangs, Coke bottle glasses. So you would never imagine she was writing the nastiest, raunchiest Harry Potter slash fanfics. And she would read them to me. So this was, and I was like, I don't want to know. And she thought it was funny. I, I don't, I don't want to hear this because she was the, one of those people that would make, oh, uh, Draco turned Harry into a woman, ding, and then he made him pregnant, ding. Oh, God. And, oh. and I was like, I was like, this is not a good story. And she giggled maniacally about it. She thought it was hilarious. But then if any of us swore around her, she'd bonk us in the head with a book. Wow. Interesting lyrics there. And so that was my introduction to fan fiction. And... <laughs> Let's just say since then, I've had a negative view about it because they're all that way. They're all that way. And I just like, for instance, I just saw uh, there's this fan comic. You heard the, this recent video uh, movie, Luca by Pixar? Uh, yes, I have, heard, I have of heard of it, yes. So cute, right? So wholesome. Everyone is pairing Alberto and Luca as a gay couple. Oh, no. These are children. Uh, and and they, they aged them up. That. And they made them adopt a, a poor abandoned fish child. And I literally, I was just pissed. Okay. I got right on the comments. I'm like, this is bullshit. Take this down. Take this down. <laughs> like, yes. like, this. And that, then the answer I always get is let people have fun. No. 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 <laughs> yeah, that's, I feel like that was one of the reasons YouTube nuked my solo channel was because I was making these sort of loud, sort of stop sexualizing children, stop gayifying children's content. I was, it was like a regular recurring theme on my channel. Basically, LGBTQ stuff isn't for kids. And of when, course. Uh, and when you not. say that stuff, yeah, the woke crowd. They don't like it. Come they for don't you like it. and report you and all the shit. On oh, that no. note, one of the things I wanted to ask you was what type of backlash have you received for talking about some of the things you talk about? Not just body positivity, but like the wokeness stuff in general, or like working with someone like Gothics, who I know she gets a lot of, <laughs> she gets a lot of hate from people. So working with gothics, I did get some backlash. So I had this one woman, um, she went to my oldest video. So I've been on YouTube since it started. My account is from 2006. Wow. I joined a month after. Yeah. So in a sense, I'm kind of an OG YouTuber. I just did it. And she would go to it. She'd go to this video and she would comment about how I was a white supremacist, how I was anti-Semitic, how I was all these different things. And um, then she deleted all the comments. And then she'd come back and comment again and delete it before I could read it. Wow. And she kept doing this for several of- How do people have uh, time for, several days. for this? I don't yeah, understand that. Mental illness. And clearly, I just don't, who has time to fill their head with this stuff? Like, I have no idea. And then- um, so that's honestly, I've, I've gotten very little backlash, except for the asshole that kept making videos about gothics because he's obsessed with her. Um, he, that's the only one where I've seen any backlash is because I would come on to the comments on Twitter and I'm a loud mouth. I'd state my case and he would try to make me sound stupid. And I honestly, 
I would not do any deep dive on whatever I was saying to them because they weren't worth my time. And they kept saying I was an unlikable, rude person. I'm like, because I don't feel the need to show you any likable side, you're all douchebags. Yeah. <laughs> you haven't earned the right. Yeah. Um, but well, otherwise, I think, I think there's a time and place too to be abrasive with people. And you don't, you. Always, you don't always have to be a sweetheart. Like I'm not, I'm definitely not a proponent of that stuff. Yeah, I think kindness is important and I think it is key. And I think you try to show it in any which way you can toward toward whoever you can, especially if they're you know deserving of it. But some people aren't. Well, some people need to be told to fuck off. You can't like, be kind to people that are lying about you, jealous of you yep. and pathologically obsessed with you that so they're you know constantly making negative videos about you or they're you have to ignore hateful them. comments you really just have to just, yeah you have to ignore them ignore them we have we have one little kind of creepy pathological i don't even want to give him time we he's block and move yeah. on That's he's, what he's I like. really he's one of my carlos stalkers he's like herpes <gasps> that dude that yeah. Guy, yeah he's like herpes like once you like you touch my carlo he like you get him like you catch him. well he he came on like when i tell you so mike mike warned us about him the day that we had his interview he said hey i have this guy he does a b and c i guess the word people now when i tell you we had barely put the video up Bruh. for the preview he was the first comment of course yep and gothic Zoriana, she was like nope denied bitch i saw that <laughs> yep, she deleted it yeah i saw that i saw that like that and so he he commented, he he contacted me. He's like, hey, I don't know if he's gonna show up. I'm like, nah, he already did. We already took care of it. Don't worry. He gone. Crazy. But <laughs> it, it's like this, you know, this person's talking gothics or but it's funny know, how you. people have that reaction, you know, where they 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 want to sort of criticize and instead of you know, create their own thing, they jump on yeah. the critique. Well, I remember gothics did a video about this a couple months ago that she put on her twitter i think she called it the cycle of crazy was that what she the called cycle of insanity cycle yep. of insanity and and it made a lot of sense and i think anyone who's any sort of content creator now and gaining any sort of attention you're going to experience backlash in some way someone's always going to not like you but what's crazy is the people who don't like you and this is the cycle of, of insanity is they're mad that you're getting attention and that you're getting notice and that you're actually succeeding in, in what you're doing and people care about what you're saying they so, they, more so they give you more attention they come in there and they comment and this and that they boost your algorithm up they even if they dislike your video they're still boosting your algorithm up. Right, now at the point where they're making full-blown videos sure. where they're hating on videos you. hating <laughs> on you just like and free advertising just like, at that point yes oh yeah it's easy like, to find it like there's this and a lot of them are people who literally so goths go well i believe in this pause this is what i will tell you about with gothic and then they go off for like five minutes i don't remember what she said in the beginning then they press play again and i think this is because oh my god god this is a fucking idiot and it's like right, that's so what they do this like this this wasting of time and energy but making on, that kind of content yeah is just so well, silly making content commenting following people online to comment on everything they do making sure you dislike everything battling with them any anywhere you can find to battle with them it's just all this money and energy you expend on someone who you don't like, whose ideas you disagree with, all that stuff. Sure. And you're allowed to disagree with shit. No one's saying that. Right. But isn't it 
my point is just, isn't it a better, more productive use of your time and energy to start your own thing, build your own platform, like share your thoughts on there. And sure, if you want to criticize Gothics and make videos about her, you, you can do that too. Or anyone, if anything, really. I respect that more, like the person who's criticizing and at least making their own content doing it. Right. Coming around and following on every single video to just start shit to get it to get attention you know i do agree on that one i i 100 agree on that one and like time in my opinion like even making videos on your own platform talking shit about other creators it's like why don't you just focus on what you like to do and talk about and create your platform exactly like for me i i agree that you know if somebody does something exceedingly controversial you know go ahead make a video about them if they said something that truly something I haven't done that in a long time um <laughs> so when I used to sell I I because I talk very fast I get a lot of air and so I constantly would hiccup at work and so when I used to work for Walmart it would echo and nice. I, I have whole stories about my my squeaks to me but anyways um I would never understand you look at their entire timeline like the the asshole in the maze count outfit he sits there if you look at his entire timeline, there's not a single video just about him stating opinions about something. No, no, no. It's dedicated to a single person. It's dedicated to the entire thing. He hates on gothics. He hates on the quartering. He hates on Joe Rogan. And oh, I'm just like, guy? huh? Yeah, that's the same. Like, okay, and yeah. I said to him, I was like, do you know how to make content without sucking the clout out of someone's ass? Like, do you, no, are you yeah. even capable? Like, do you know how to make content about, I don't know, stuff you like? perhaps or ideas that like you support and you think are good ideas and you know because we doesn't like sure we we spend time on this show criticizing different ideas and, and social and individuals and individuals and all that stuff but we also spend a lot of time in the show talking about like what we like what we want to promote as like alternatives to those things culturally or you know idea wise but i just i don't know i i can't understand the mindset of someone who spends that much time and energy. And I'm not going to say I know how much time and energy these people spend, but it's clearly enough where you're able to locate someone wherever they pop up on the internet. And you're always there to make sure that you're going to leave a comment, dislike something, argue with someone. Don't you have like a hobby or a passion of your own or something meaningful in your life? Because me personally, I have too much shit going on in my life and other things that, that I want to do and devote my time to that even if I hate this person or I, that person pissed me off or I don't like them, I don't have time to follow them around on, on social media to like bitch at them every single time they put something out. I ignore them and then maybe I'll comment on my show about something, but I'm not going to go like and, and seek them out. You know, it's, it's such a waste of freaking time. Like, don't it's what I've been saying. Cause like, you know, despite the fact that Hunter and Vosh can be absolutely grating, like they don't do that. This one guy, like when I tell you every single time, if Gothics posts even the most remotely uh, uh, controversial thing, he is right there and he doesn't just respond to it. He requotes and retweets it so that way, because he can never just uh, talk to you. Right. He has to retweet it so yep. any of his little corn cobs yep. can follow yeah. in. And it's not right. just like one person you're talking to you've got 30 or 40 of his little dick suckers coming at you going yes yes." and you can always tell they're his because they literally put corn in their name on on their twitter handle and then they have the gall to tell me that i'm uh uh simping for gothics i'm like you're literally en masse putting corn on your name 
so everyone knows you're with this dude. Yeah, that's. I at least have an excuse. She's paying me to have my hair. <laughs> I'm curious how many of them are, are probably bot accounts too. Yeah, I'm wondering guy. like how many of his little corn hoarders are actually just his alts. Because right. I wonder and the thing is, I have two other Twitters. Now. We're going to be on. Yeah, we have, we have a couple too, you know, for like NFT things and for like mm-hmm. the dangerous, you know, we both have our personal, we have the dangerous rhetoric and we have like a couple of NFT accounts that are for NFT things. But like, you know, if that's just what we're capable of as individuals, like I'm sure if there's somebody who's like pathological could have like, you know, tens of accounts that they're all. Exactly. exactly. And see, it's just. You know, I, I will say going back because I know your initial question was, have I gotten any hate? That's the only hate I've gotten. But I think the only reason is because I am a small YouTuber right now. I will say not to pat my own back. I didn't expect the nearly 6,000 views in a week. Yeah, it's um, clear. I, I looked at your channel earlier today. I'm like, well, she passed 500 already. I was like, very right? killing it. Like, yeah, killing it. Killing I, it. I, I had you on know, my I last video. I think we're touching on important stuff. I think that's why I think the the body positivity movement and the issues that you're touching on and that you're speaking from through experience, it's resonating with people. There are people who clearly want to hear that from someone speaking from experience. Similarly, you know, Brent and I being gay, when we speak about gay issues and we are contrary to the woke narrative, I think people are like, it lends more credibility to the argument. They take us seriously and they're looking for voices who are alternative voices in the community. But it is crazy. And I've been wanting to say this because I didn't get to say it yet, but it's really crazy to me that being fat has become an identity. Like, can we just talk about that for a second? Because I find that so weird. It's like almost as weird as people who make their mental illnesses, their identity. It's like, I don't understand that. Because the problem is when you're overweight, it does, it takes over more of your life than other things. So I'm bisexual, but there's no um, clothing or seat size, or I I don't have to make sure my, my chair can hold up my weight because I I like both genders. I I know both genders. Um, (laughs) Cancel. I see. (laughs) But I will say there is a very, life aspect and again this is why i say going back to the beginning there are things they got right i can go into my room right now and pull out 10 pairs of pants all of them are 4x none of them are the same size none of them all from the same brand yeah and there's some that are like literally this wide some that are this wide so yes it does encompass your life a little bit more. Yes, there are times when you're going to be out in public eating and people are going to stare at you. I have had small children and adults comment on my weight out of nowhere. I've had kids ask me if I'm pregnant. I have had- I uh, you, you talked about some of this and not yeah. your last video, I think the one before that, but man, people have said some really mean, horrible shit to you. It, what's worse is the guys that want me. The guys that want me are more disturbing than the people that don't want me. Because the thing is, I know with the lovely makeup and the and the multicolored hair, I look d- delightful. I have resting bitch face. Resting bitch face. <laughs> and without the makeup and when my hair is looking real ratchet, I look like an angry butch. An angry butch. So I don't look okay. approachable. So when I do look approachable, I get guys that the worst, the worst ones to me were the ones that groped me. One groped me at work. Oh my God. He, and at the time I was pregnant, I, I lost the baby, but at the time I was pregnant and I was outside at the gas station, I was changing the trash. And this dude, it's the middle of freaking February. It's 
freezing outside. He pulls up in this giant red Cadillac, nearly hits me. When I'm saying nearly hits me, he was this far away from me. He jammed on the brakes. And because I had already experienced infertility for a year, I couldn't wait to tell everyone that I was pregnant. So when he pulled up, I was like, whoa, I need to stay alive for at least another nine more months. I couldn't wait to say it. I didn't get to. This man hauled his 60-year-old ass out of the car and he grabs my arm. Now, there's a lot of arm. There's a lot of arm. (laughs) He comes up facing me, grabs my arm and starts massaging the fat. And says, ooh, curvilicious, the things oh I do to you. Ew. Uh, and I went, uh, oh, what a pity I'm married. Uh, oh. <laughs> like, I had to, like, remove my arm from him. Uh, and yeah. the gas station was the word because there was another guy um, I was working. And again, I was about, I was 100 pounds less than I am now. And I was very fit. So even though I was 100 pounds, I was much smaller and my ass was better curved. And I always wore (laughs) leggings. And uh, down here, apparently in the South, uh, it's a very common thing to lie about being married. Everyone thought I was lying. Um, They thought it was a fake ring. Oh my God. And (laughs) this guy sat there and I'm not joking. I was in the back. I was getting the money um, and switching it up. And he's looking at me going, and I, he's like, you know, it, it was nasty. Like, Someone should make a meme out of that. Someone take us on and make a meme out of that. Oh my God. <laughs> and he, I said to him, I was like, cause he was asking me out. And again, he was the age of my father. And I was like, well, I don't think my husband would appreciate that. And he was like, you know, you ain't got no husband. And who then decides to walk into the gas station? Oh, perfect. My husband. And I went, hi, baby. That man went from to... How you doing today, sir? I was like, and I was like, I thought so. (laughs) And I constantly, so fat women, this is something that that has been done to us. And I, and this is what I will tell them. I get the identity part of it because fat women, attractive men and very uh, forward men believe we're desperate and believe that we are desperately horny. Gotcha. So, so they like, will, here it's easier. Like, oh, well, she's not getting much. So like, let me just go for that. Okay. And they will approach you. Like when I sold mattresses, I get a lot of guys that would pretend to flirt with me thinking they could get a discount. And again, the bitch is on the inside. So <laughs> it, it was, I was like, no, no. As a matter of fact, I will charge you full price. Thank you. Oh, Thank you don't you. want the mattress? Bye. Have a good day. There'll be 10 more after you. Bye. No, I mean, I, so I do, I agree that there are aspects of the body positivity movement that are well intentioned and there are positive aspects to it. So that the friend I mentioned earlier, the one who's a teacher, you know, one of the things that she said to me was like, the main thing is it's, it's the dehumanization that needs to stop because it contributes to the trauma, which contributes to the eating disorders. And I think that's the main thing that initially the movement was, I guess, trying to do is to what? stop dehumanizing fat people. Remember that people who are overweight and, and they're struggling with something in some way and that they're people. And I think that, that I agree with, but I agree with you in the sense that when it get when it gets to this point of just telling people you're perfect the way you are, you're fine the way you are. I disagree with that. And I understand where that comes from. And I think at a spiritual level, perhaps that people as individuals are valuable in and of themselves the way they are. But 
people are works of progress. And I yes. think anyone who's honest with themselves will take the Jordan Peterson approach and, and tell themselves, I am not what I could be. I am not who I should be. I have all this unfulfilled potential. I'm not fine the way I, I am. I can, I can do better. I can improve on this or that. Doesn't exactly. mean beat yourself up over it. It doesn't mean every time you you slip on your diet or you Shut don't up, exercise. Shut up, Dad! Stop! You're hurting me. Or you don't exercise <laughs> that that you like just kill yourself inside and feel like a total failure and all this and that and and yeah, you know, you want to get to a level where you feel good about yourself, but you don't want to feel so good about yourself that you just think, oh, well, I'm perfect the way I am. There's nothing to change at all. It's like that doesn't apply to anyone, it's whether you're that skinny it's or whatever, you know. It's the extreme because like, so for instance, there's this girl, um, there's a couple of girls on TikTok and, and cause I'm doing. Oh, a- I saw those videos. <laughs> Thank you. Um, those and videos. that's just the tip wow. of the iceberg, dude. Uh, like, yeah, there's great. about three or four more uh, TikTok based videos I'm going to do. And I'm probably going to film a couple of them today. Cause I already look good. So might as well. Um, Get it, girl. And, and when I tell you, they, they sit there and they do that. This is what I eat in a day. Now, on a normal basis, if you're doing it because you're a dietitian or you're a, uh, um, uh, a personal trainer, something like that, where it makes sense why you're telling people this, great. But there are women that do this and they are like, what I eat in a day as a fat woman who wants to get fatter and maintain because I'm not on a diet. Okay, we get it. You're an edgelord. Calm the fuck <laughs> down. Um, and then they sit there and they're not just eating like, three meals some of them they are they're eating well within the 2000 calorie meal thing maybe it's not the best but they're eating that but then you've got these bitches sitting there like i had this morning with taquitos and i had a deep fried taco yes because i'm that bitch and then i had a donut at 10 a.m and then i had fried ice cream and they're just like throughout like what and going back to what you said about the whole um becomes their identity it becomes right thing because people I have a friend, he is not an attractive man. He could be, he's not. He is overweight and he's dating an overweight woman, engaged to now. He believes fat shaming and not just fat shaming a little, but fat shaming like, aren't you fucking disgusting? You are a disgusting piece of shit the way you look. Don't you just hate yourself? He thinks that's effective. I don't care who you are. That's not effective. But if you tell someone um, your, your A1C is through the roof, you can barely breathe walking upstairs. You drink soda like it's intravenously put into your veins. Yeah. Um, you know, <laughs> Ivy Coca-Cola. Ivy Coca-Cola. You know, that is that is a healthy way of pointing out someone's faults. But when you literally shit, and again, this is these are these women because they don't want to hear that no, you can't have deep fried cheese smothered in whipped cream and then soak it down with three gallons of cheer wine and call it a day. It's, it's not healthy. They sit there and go, there's no such thing as bad food. I, I beg to differ. Yeah. I beg to differ. <laughs> it's just like, so that's where it's like, yeah. and that, that's where I keep seeing the same thing where, can you not break shit? <laughs> thank you Man. god almighty that and it's the fat cat doing it i only have one old animal and it's the fat ass doing it Mm-mm. but he's like it's, conversation he's like y'all talking shit about me he's like stop fat shaming like, me fat cats hey. matter yo and i fat shame her all the time because <laughs> Uh, it pisses him off to no one because I like to say that Aria is the cat version of me. <laughs> she's a little angry. She's a little tubby and she oh. ate too much once and now she can't get rid of it. Um, <laughs> so the fat shaming thing I wanted to 
kind of riff a little bit more on that, but connect it to the woke culture and this idea of like trying to control language and how, how people speak. You're so fat, and Daniel. One of the things that I think is important, and I think any like quote unquote movement of a minority of any form needs to kind of remember this. There are mean people in the world. There are always going to be mean people in the world. You are always going to encounter someone who's going to say some fucked up mean shit to you. And if you're overweight, or gay or some other sort of thing like that, it's much easier to find someone to talk shit about you. Overweight gay to <laughs> talk shit about you my, anytime. My point is the response, the response to this and the intention behind the movement of like stopping the dehumanization, that shouldn't mean trying to control how people speak or view you or, or think about you. Exactly. One of the things that you talked about in your video too was sexual attraction. And I think that subject ties into the trans movement in a sense too, at least the radicals. And this idea that like, if you are not attracted to me as a fat person or a trans person or whatever, you are automatically this phobic, fat phobic, transphobic, whatever it is. And I, you know, I want you to, I guess, talk a bit about that and your, your feelings around that too. I will happily talk about it because the thing is at the end of the day, you know, growing up and I, I stated it in the video and it's, it's something I've said a lot. I never got asked out. I never got asked out. Uh, people, I had guy friends. This is how much they didn't see me as a woman. We were sitting there in the computer lab because every, every school had a computer lab. And he looks at me, and goes, Oh my God, don't you hate it when your balls stick to your leg? And I looked at him, I was like, it would, if I had balls and <laughs> so wait, why are you goes, asking me this? <laughs> and mind you, I was literally like 200. I was like, I was thin by comparison. You could tell I had tits. You could tell I had hips. There was no mistaking it. And he's like, oh yeah, I forget you're a girl. Oh my like, God. Oh, fuck you too. Um, <laughs> like, thanks bud. Um, and it was, you know, moments like that. I, I was convinced no one was going to want me. And, and someone said it in a video. It does stick with you for the rest of your life. You're always going to battle that where you were told you were a hideous monster for it so hurts. long. Yeah. You know, it hurts. I was talking to my friend about this stuff too. And it's, that's the trauma. A lot of that trauma comes, especially early on. If you're someone who struggled with weight when you were younger, you know, exactly. But just because I have that trauma, it doesn't mean I sit there and go, Oh, you don't like my fat? That makes you fat phobic. You know you want to fuck me. You just don't want to admit it. It's a good impression of the TikTok people. Right. <laughs> like is I I I I I can imitate them and I think it's scary because like I was on Ruin Leon's stream once and I was uh making jokes. I was pretending to be woke and literally <laughs> everyone thought I was this liberal that came out. I was like, "Okay, I'm imitating oh my When's the parody Love TikTok it. coming Love out? It. Right. I'm gonna, I I want to. I very much want to because when I tell you, it's just disgusting. And it goes into the, the trans thing. I remember back, uh, there was a person I knew who was trans back in the day, uh, my first real introduction to them. And they never got bottom surgery. And they were with a gay guy. And they would get mad at the gay guy because they didn't want to eat him out. And I'm like, he's gay. He likes penises. <laughs> I, I think we have solved the mystery and <laughs> and you know they they were dating but they never did that and, and that's where it comes down to to me I do believe that 
genitalia attraction is a real thing and there are women and this is the thing that pisses me off the most when you tell women uh you have to you have to love trans women as a lesbian um there are some women who are lesbians because of trauma caused by things men did to them they, they have become a lesbian out of the fact that they are terrified of phallic symbols as a whole right and that's not right I have uh, many gay cousins. I got a glitter in my eye and I'm trying to get it out. Um, I have gay cousins who the idea of a WAP sends them into gagging reflexes. Yeah. Like, <laughs> One of my homies is like that too. Like just right? talking about vagina. It doesn't matter yeah, if, like, if the WAP holder has a six pack <laughs> and pecs and, and you know, it, Buck Angel could walk up to them. Guess what? Buck Angel is not going to yeah. get with them. And you know what? Buck doesn't care because Buck Buck's no G. Yeah. And, and it's just it's like you can't life. you can't force people's sexual attractions to be something. You know, you just can't. And and it applies to to the fat issue too. And you know, you you also mentioned on your video like fetishizing. Like there are people who like fetishize being with heavy people. And oh yes, I don't know how common that is, but. All so, you gotta do uh, is so so when someone approaches you and you feel like they're fetishizing your heaviness, does that automatically like turn you off? You're like it depends. Okay, so this is the shallow part. There's also nothing how- wrong with that either. If someone, I guess, like being having a fetish for heavy people. If they're hot, like obviously I'm married, so it's not it's a I'm like, where were you all when I was single and desperate? But our son's husband, don't get mad. This is right. Oh no. I, I will tell you right now, my husband's used to it. We used to walk around anime boss and hand in hand. I'd be like, baby, look at that ass. Oh my yeah. God. No, like Brett, I have Brett and I do it too. We're like, oh my God. Yep. We're like, oh, we'll point out this person in the restaurant. Zero filter. Yeah. And 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 the thing is, if they're attractive enough, I would consider it. But when it comes down to that's all you like about me, yeah, that's unattractive. Okay. But you can't, it, it, it's this weird dichotomy. You can't get mad at someone for being a fetishist, but then also get mad at people who don't like fat bodies. So what do you want? Yeah. Um, <laughs> what do you want? Now, I don't like feeders. Again, that's like a muckbanger. And just the idea of it makes me sick. <laughs> Do you know what a feeder is? Because that I know what a feeder is. Is that someone who gets turned on by being fed by someone? No, it's someone who gets turned on feeding someone. Feeding someone. Okay. They like they like pouring as much food as they can into the bitch's mouth and watching her digest. That's so. It's disgusting. Okay. Um, like she... they literally want to make these women become just pools of cellulite. Huh. while they pour the food in but then they make sure from the tits up that they're dressed like a little doll and the the uh ribs down it's just this melting pot <laughs> of fat cells and it's just disturbing as hell to me oh, i'm like picturing it in my head too oh my god and i listen <laughs> you want to see how it is oh. look up my th- thousand pound sisters okay um, uh, yeah, I think I've seen them before. Yup. Yeah. So she's dated two feeders. Ah. And I will tell you this. So like, I really didn't know how insane it had gotten until I started watching Michelle, Michelle McDaniel's videos. Um, she does great ones. Have you, have you seen her videos? I have not. No. Oh my God, you need to. Her, uh, YouTube is called, um, my thoughts will probably offend you. Uh, <laughs> and I love her. 
I love her. She's a former fat chick. And that's actually one of the big reasons I started doing this because I kept noticing the people that talk out about it are former fat people. They're not current fat people. Well, you brought up, you brought up Adele and Rebel Wilson in your last video too. And like the backlash that they're getting just for like being thin now, it's just like, and one of the things Adele has said, which you talked about where it's like, like, it's not my responsibility to validate your body or your choices. It's It's not. not. And see, I get that. So again, I'm not trying to be egocentric when I say it, but I I wasn't lying when I said my entire adult life, I've gotten nothing but compliments from random strangers and from friends. I have friends that literally tell me they feel better about themselves watching me not hate myself. They feel better about themselves watching me go through life, just being a positive person about my life. And it can put pressure on you in some way when you realize that if you start viewing yourself negatively, there are people directly that will get affected by that. And that's scary to me. Um, It's not as bad because usually if I have a bad day, those friends will lift me up and they're wonderful people. But I've had it happen fairly often where people walk up to me. There was this one girl I just thought it was, she couldn't see the irony in what she was saying. Um, she was, I wouldn't say fat. I'd say borderline fat. She was chunky. This girl, stop me if you've met her, okay? She had a messy bun that wasn't quite up in a bun. Half her hair was looping around and it was a messy bun tilted to the side. She had on a wife beater. She had on a leopard print bra Ask me how I could tell. Um, <laughs> she had on those fuzzy pajama pants and her her uh, love handles were sticking out over it and she had on flip yeah. flops and she had a sweatshirt on. Who else has seen that girl in their life? Yeah, she was and, very people of Walmart, very New Jersey. She, people of Walmart. in Walmart. Jersey, and, and she walks up and she goes, listen, I just had to tell you you are just the most beautiful fat girl I've ever seen for a big girl. You look so put together. I love how your, your, your pants and your shoes, everything just looks gorgeous. Your hair's on point. And I just wanted, I was fixing to tell you, you just gorgeous. And I'm thinking, I love the accent. (laughs) I I used to be so good at accents. Now I'm just good at Southern accents. Um, And I looked at her because everything I was wearing, I bought at Walmart. So it was like, bitch, you're in the store. go and and it was like that's when I realized these people seeing someone like me was odd it it didn't occur to me because my mother always dressed to the nines my mom always made sure as a fat woman she walked out her makeup was always done her hair was always done if she was wearing a shirt the person my grandmother my grandmother's saying she was the same exact way you know and that's just how I, I was raised and see my mom was very critical. She'd be like, see how those people walk down in public? Oh, I don't want to fucking see you look like that. And, <laughs> and she thinks I, she thought, sorry, she thought this t-shirt, jeans, sneakers, slob. So, and, and I dressed like a slob for her. And so- like, mom, I'm at home, come on. Right? And so what it was is fat people- don't try to look good. They have resigned themselves to the food stains, to the inappropriately uh, fitting clothes. And they have this idea where they've got to wear clothes that are too small. 
They've got to wear clothes that are smaller size so they can proclaim they wear a smaller size. Well, you'll notice the ones that say they wear a smaller size, their their fupa is usually hanging over the pants. So <laughs> you're not wearing the right size. You're just you're only going for the legs, honey. Um, and so it's just it's stuff like that where again, it, this is enabling uh, it, it's enabling the fantasy that you're okay, that you're doing fine. Oh no, you're not too big. No, your pant size isn't too big. No, you're not making the wrong choices. No, you don't look embarrassing. And I agree to an extent that you should be able to dress however you want, that you should look however you want, that it shouldn't have any consequences. But if you want to get taken seriously, I'm sorry, sweetheart. Yeah. There's a reason why you're it's walking true. up to me and telling me I look good. It's the reality of the world. You know, it is a world of appearances, whether we like it or not. You know, which exactly. back to the point I said earlier, like there's always going to be mean people out there. And if you give them a chance to find something to criticize, guarantee you they will find something to criticize. And even if there isn't anything to criticize, people will just find something anyway. So I used to make sure I, up until uh, the pandemic, I actually my doctor got mad at me. So I despise the fat waddle, which I now have because I've gained enough weight. The fat waddle. The fat waddle. The the walk, you know. I, no matter how big I was, never had the waddle. People didn't notice till I pointed it out. You're like, I have the waddle. Oh, yeah. I hate, I have it now. And I'm like, oh, well. I. So what I would do is I would actually walk a certain way that would put my feet. And I actually, my doctor yelled at me. She's like, you're hurting your feet the way they move because you're walking away. I'm like, but <laughs> I'll look bad. Like, <laughs> so, so in your recent video, you, you did mention that you've been trying to exercise and you've been trying to yes. hack your weight problem and do something about that. What have you found has worked for you and what has been devastating and not worked at all? So the part of the devastation is one that, you know, now I work from home. So yeah, that's it's, kind of, it's like automatically you're just like shit. It's more automatic around and like waste time to eat. Yeah. And so I try to make sure that one, um, I have an elliptical in my room. So I try to utilize that. I get very scared. I'm going to break it because again, I'm a big woman. And every time it baps, I'm like, oh, it's going to crack in half. I'm this gonna is it. It's going through the floor. Fuck. The anxiety. Um, but what I also try to do is the, the main thing is you have to teach yourself to be satisfied with what you get, because I do believe that no matter what diet you take on, if you truly deprive yourself cold Turkey, you're just going to want that stuff again. So you have to find a way to, to hit those cravings in a healthy way. So like, I love Chinese food. I love Chinese food. We were just eating some the other day. Oh, I hate you. And <laughs> so what I did was I was like, well, how am I going to solve this Chinese food craving thing? What am I going to do? Um, because frozen Asian food sucks. And I I found one per chance. Bibigo is a brand Bibigo. And they make the dumplings, right? They're only for the portion I have 400 calories and it fulfills my craving. It fills my tummy and it's mostly protein. So I'm doing, I'm having a lower calorie intake. I'm having something that energizes me because I crave protein food wise more than anything because I get less headaches. I get more energy. And it's so definitely on. a better source of energy. Yeah, exactly. Healthy, healthy fat. So like eggs, butter, and then nice, nice lean meat. But it's like milk instead of whole the, milk. The carbs, man, that bloat us, that make us tired. Make us so sleepy. Yes. And the problem is that, so I will say this, this is my excuse. And I don't know if it's a valid one or not. Someone could call me on it. I have IBS. So 
I can't eat. So then you'll know and talk about, you can't just sit down and have a pile of fruit and vegetables. You will be on that turlet for days. You can't do that. And I'm not trying to be gross. I say, but that's something that does play a factor. And that's why I was going back to the nutritionist. So you have to find out, for instance, maybe a vitamin regimen you've got to take. Maybe there's a pill you've got to take. Maybe you've just got to learn to uh, take point of when you got to eat certain things. Like, especially as I've gotten older, I have to be very careful how much soda I drink. Cause I've noticed yeah. if I have soda, well, age, age was one of the things I want to bring up too, because I think the younger people come to the realization that they have to take their health into their own hands, the better. Because if you start exercising earlier, it's so much easier to keep up with it later in life. But if you wait until you get older, then it becomes harder to, to catch up. It's like you're playing catch up. You, you have mm-hmm. all this work you have to do because you didn't tend to it sooner. And, and now it's harder to tend to it because of the age and all the other problems that come with that. And, you know, my aunt's going through this right now with, with her own weight and, you know, she doesn't exercise and all that stuff too. And now that she's older, she's like, I think in her sixties now, it's substantially Very. more difficult to and then lose they get, the weight. They also get into so, this negative yeah. mindset frame yeah. where it's like, well, I'm this old, yes. you know, I've had a good run. I just, I'd rather just continue to, to do what I'm doing as opposed to actually make some severe sacrifices yeah. and change the way that my own behavior. Well, my dad's mindset with it was always, well, I'd rather enjoy myself and eat what I want and yeah, all that stuff. My dad's problem too. And, you know, die sooner than like yeah. not enjoy myself and eat stuff that I hate and then you know live longer I'm just like okay dad, you know but I mean you can find a way to eat healthy and enjoy it exactly it's a false dichotomy you can they don't understand that I guess well my dad has mental illness so it's really difficult for him and any advice you give him to change his lifestyle he he interprets as trying to control rails against it in his life but weight wise he's fine you know and he beat cancer last year so that was part of it like yes and but the radiation treatment he lost a lot of weight, you know, and it was here on his neck. So he couldn't taste anymore. And that messed oh. with his eating. So he lost a lot of weight. And then now he has put more of it back on and he's at actually a pretty good, healthy weight. So weight isn't an issue for him anymore, but before the cancer, yeah, he was, he was getting quite big. And yeah. And the thing is like, you know, so- my advice, you know, and so I just stopped giving it. I was like, look, you know, this is what I know and what I do that works for me. And this is what I've read. You know, so maybe try some of these things. But if someone's not willing to try it, you can't like move them for them. You know, they have to do it. It sucks, but it's true. And you know, like my mother was again for someone who was big, she was very big on weight loss as well. Um, and she would try all the time to figure out a way to lose weight and gain it and lose it. That was Her my, detriment my was she my grandma helped. tried that was my grandma. She tried so many different things. You know. The biggest problem is my mom had two interned ankles and she had fibromyalgia. So okay. what an interned ankle is, is when your foot's like this, your ankle is sitting on the side of your foot. Oh, Ooh. that sounds painful. And both her feet were like that. So walking every single footstep was excruciating for her. Uh. She, and she had the choice to get an operation. She chose not to where she could have uh, gotten her ankles fixed, but she wouldn't be able to move her foot up and down. And she uh-huh. did not want that. I. <laughs> hmm. We had many, many a fight over it. Regrettably, we'll never be able to fix it now. But um, it's a matter of with my mother and my father, my dad was a diabetic when I was 16. And my mom made even more healthy changes then out of terror of making sure my dad was okay. And once my mom passed away, my dad still do it on his own. His weight has fluctuated, 
Uh, he had a very major surgery uh, a few months ago because uh, um, even though he's been eating generally healthy, his heart was clogged. And the doctors literally said, you are like two seconds from a stroke or a massive heart attack. Yikes. So they had to go in through his throat and, and take care of that. Um, just going to say he had both shots of the juice. Of, of the thing. Oh, interesting. Yeah. That's another thing too. You know, I advise my family on that and they want it. You know, they asked for my opinion. I gave them my opinion, but they're going to, they're going to do what they're going to do. And at the end of the day, it's like, you know. well, he had no choice because he's a veteran. So yeah. my entire family's yeah. Republican and <laughs> everyone, my in law so, so what you're saying father, is your, your entire family are insurrectionists. <laughs> that's true. We are all terrorists. Oh. And <laughs> my, as a matter of fact, I don't know if um, you saw my tweet. So when my first video, I was, so last Friday, it had only 170 views and I was kind of stoked. And so I pulled up the phone to show my dad and I was like, dad, it's at 235 views. He goes, okay, but why are you fighting with this woman? I'm like, dad, I'm, I'm, I'm not fighting with her. He goes, is she talking to you? No. Are you talking to her? <laughs> not, not technically. So why are you picking a fight, Cassandra? I'm like, daddy, I'm not, I'm not picking a fight. He goes, I don't know about this, Cassandra. Why, why are you going out and, and, and punching at people for no reason? You're going to cause drama. And, and I had to explain to him what the fat positivity movement was. Right. And we went through, he's like, Cassandra, that's stupid. Mind your business. Let them do what they want. And I said, but daddy, <laughs> imagine if I'm 13 years old and these women are telling me all the things that we've been talking about. And he goes, ah, no, that's, that's just not right. So they should talk to somebody about it. I'm like, really, dad? you don't say you don't say <laughs> he looked at me i said so i'm the fat bitch to say it. he went just don't get into trouble and so <laughs> <laughs> too late dad too late too late too die late. has been cast yes. and but it was like so that's like last friday it, it i did not expect this much growth so i am waiting for the backlash on it i think it's gonna be funny whenever it does happen it's, it's um, gonna come same with us i'm like the hate oh, yeah. are crawling out of the woodwork and the more you do it and just the more you are authentic right now I think it's just inevitable but especially if you're pushing back against the cult of wokeness I think the cult of wokeness is going to awaken and at some point they will they will find you oh they will what they yes will. they will I, block my, my own cover. very important yes blocking me blocking me blocking me I mute everyone because I don't want to give them the pleasure of blocking I've never blocked like for instance the friend i told you about earlier that loved fat shaming he has been muted against all of my posts since he decided because uh did you are you guys on facebook a lot uh not, really. not as often as i used to be but i am still on there because we're I have, active on twitter i have a lot of friends who from college and stuff were still on there so you remember back in 2019 that thing where you could do the the random anybody could ask you something and it was completely anonymous yes i remember that okay. so I kept getting somebody going, I can't stand how you, you are so fat and, and you sit there and you promote obesity and, and you sit there and you tell people there. And I, I had never done that. I always told people, if you're unhealthy, you should go to the doctor. And he hated that. I hated myself that I didn't hate myself. And I was like, whoever it was. So what I actually did was I ended up drawing a nude photo of myself with a ribbon across my tits and a ribbon across my uh, hips <laughs> and <laughs> me sipping tea. Cause they said that I was a spinster 
that I forced my husband to own the cat. Oh my God. Um, oh, <laughs> people say some terrible shit to you. Jesus. When I tell you, that's why I'm not concerned because when I tell you my own personal friends have gone in on me, yeah. um, they've gone in on me about how I abuse my husband, about how I, wow. um, oh yeah, because, because my husband literally just wants me to make all the choice. He really does. He's like, I don't care. Go ahead, babe, as long as you're happy. So that is his phrase for everything. Hey, babe, what do you want me to decorate the, the house? As long as it's not pink, I don't care. I, we good. And so it's like, that's the litmus test I get, but because I am the more vocal out of the two of us at, at, in public, Everyone thinks I'm some abusive bitch until they come and they spend a few days with us. And then like, we get it now. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, temperament well, thing too, you know, it's just d- different personalities. You're more assertive. You know, he's probably, yeah. he's probably and, more and, agreeable. And, and yeah, is that typically flipped? Are, are men typically the more assertive and women more typically agreeable? Yes, but that's not always the case. So Exactly. And so there was one person who constantly kept doing these anonymous things. And I forgot what the post was. It was about two years ago now. And it was just about, you know, hey, this is was gone with fat people. And he came on and was just openly mocking me and another friend of his that is overweight and just saying the nastiest shit. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to make sure you don't see my post from here on out. I'm going to make sure you scream into the ether because whenever he does get a chance to see what I post, oh, he's right on there liking and commenting. Yeah, because the thing is, he loves to make fun of fat people. But he's one of those chubby chasers because uh, every single woman he's been with has been overweight. I say the only time I will throw a fat joke out is when it's one of these COVID cult people trying to like dictate to me about how healthy health. Yes. It's like, I don't, I mean, I have many fat friends quite quite a bit actually make and, all the fat jokes you want I mean, it's, I mean we make <laughs> about each other all the time but and it's part of why I wanted to have this conversation because I've talked to them over the years about their problems just as if we've talked about mine so I understand the plight to some extent and it is an important subject to me but I mean if you're one of these people who's just like oh well you didn't get the shot. You're putting people at risk. You need to wear a mask you need to do this you need to do that and you're like 300 pounds 400 pounds and you're just scarfing down your McDonald's and like posting your shakes and shit. I'm like, I don't take you seriously. And I'm probably <laughs> going to f- call you a fat fuck or something and tell you to stop telling me how to live my life. It's the truth though. Cause no, you can't sit no. there and like, I believe in health while I'm eating my Krispy yeah. creams by the pound. Be consistent. Don't tell people what they should be doing for their own health. If you're fine the way you are with your heaviness and all that stuff. Great. Excellent. If you're not do something about it, what you can. And stop bitching, right? But if and that's unhealthy, doesn't... don't go around trying to tell healthy people that they should get an injection and we're fine. We haven't gotten sick. If anything, we're less likely to get sick and spread it around than you are. So right. stop telling us what to do. You go do your thing, girl. Like, And the thing is, now calling a fa- like, so Tess Holiday, perfect example. She, she got pissed that somebody said, girl, you look so healthy. She got mad. <laughs> <laughs> Literally getting paid a compliment. She's angry. Like, what do you mean? That's a so very healthy. negative thing mean? to say. Right? We mean healthy. Are you saying that um, I wasn't? No, because bitch, you wasn't healthy. Because I showed in the video. She was literally like maybe 200 pounds, if that, when she started the F Your Beauty Standards. Yeah. And now supposedly the anorexic has gained like 250 pounds. 
in the last decade. Yeah, I saw that picture you put in the video She's of just her like, outside. The air. I was like, wow, okay, girl, hey. And see, in my recent video, I made sure I'm not, I'm not just trashing on her. I did the same thing. Yeah. I, but you know what? I wasn't the one out here selling shirts and oh, perpetuating oh. a standard. Yeah. Um, so it's like, that's where I find it hilarious because I get F your beauty standards. I get all that, oh. but sis, you, 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 you just, you have literally morphed. She's morphed and I don't understand it. I think oh no that's how yep. it is for people there who you don't go. know people have to, I have no and, idea and, who she was. We have to find that balance between like <laughs> accepting ourselves and, and being content with the parts of ourselves that we can't change and accepting okay there are parts of me that I that I can change and that mm-hmm. there's going to be a lot of work that has to be I mean, done make up some point there. You know, she's a, we, here's what I would tell you. She's sure. a beautiful woman. It's just, like you should be able to talk about the things she talks about, though. That message, right? Of yes, body positivity and and you're beautiful and all this stuff. At the same time as being able to say like, hey, here are all the health risks. Health risks to this. You know, if you want to change this way of living, you're perfectly free to do that, and maybe you should because it's probably healthier to do it. But if you don't want to, that's fine too. It's like if the movement were that, then I'd be like, all right. And there was a time when it was, that's the problem. There was a small time where like, cause I see now as, as a fat woman who is body positive. I don't know if I can put shows of these pictures. (laughs) She's, she gets a little, listen, but I, for me, some of these, she's killing it. If if you don't like fat bodies, that's fine. But to me, she's really fucking killing it in some of those images. That being said, I, I'm very honest. If I go and get a blood test and my doctor's like, bitch, you need to. (laughs) then bitch needs to and and that's just what it is but when you sit there and you lie to people and you sit there and 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 you make this fantasy about what it is and what it isn't you're telling people it's okay to eat yourself into a there was a song and it drove me absolutely insane you guys i couldn't find it i was watching one of those compilations of fat tiktok cringe and it literally was no food is bad food eat all you want none of your portions just stuff your face and it was this soft loving melody and pretty much i couldn't find it i i spent two hours combing Uh, my history well you know what's interesting is that there's you see sort of a parallel in the lgbtq community in that there's this sort of idea that there is no wrong that Mm. you know if you have a behavior that you're obsessed with, that that's your fetish, that's your identity, and it's totally valid and it's totally accepted and whatever. And you see that sort of like, there's this resistance to putting limits on things or to allowing there to be a nuance to be like, you know, okay, well maybe in some cases, you know, this is okay, but then in other cases it's not. It's like, whenever you, like there's this, this resistance to putting like, like any sort of you know hard lines around boundaries, uh, boundaries yeah. around it's like a it's like a boundary issue in a macro social sense whereas like they're not allowed you're not allowed to put lines around the gay community you're not allowed to put lines around body positivity or or if you're you know if you say that's certain you know a certain amount of fat is too fat then all of a sudden you're this that or the other honestly phobic. i mean i think it's great what's her name again uh Tess Holiday. Holiday, and I've I've seen like some of her music videos before in the past when she came out. So I remember her. She has gotten a lot heavier since I last seen her. So you're right. I think it's great. She's happy the way she is. 
don't go around pretending that it's healthy. Exactly. Don't go around saying like, you should want to look like this too. It's, it's perfectly fine. There are no consequences. There are consequences. That's it. Just be upfront about that and be honest and be like, Hey, this is the way I am. And I'm happy with it, but I hope I don't get a heart attack and I hope I don't get this or that illness. And you might, if you look like this too, right. Just don't, don't pretend it's healthy. That's and see, but if you want to go around and be like, hey, I'm beautiful. It should be the same thing in the yeah. gay community. It's but like, the other don't thing pretend too is, like having a bunch of unprotected sex yeah. is a healthy, okay thing. But it's also, also the other aspect of it is don't pretend or expect that everyone is going to find you beautiful or find you attractive. Right. And be realistic about it. You it's you find you find okay attractive. Behaviors. But just and see, the fact that people will be nasty and they might just reject you and that's going to happen and there's nothing you can do about it, so... Rejection is a natural part of life, but going back to to what you're just saying. So, and I, and I mean this in the, I know this is something that could get me canceled. So my grandmother was hyper, hyper Catholic Bible thumper to the extreme. And she said to my father and my mother back in the eighties, she goes, this isn't about gay rights. It's not about the gay people getting the rights. It's only a start. And I don't 100% agree with her on this, but she said, just you watch. It'll start the gay rights. And then they're going to keep going and they're going to keep pushing. Suddenly they're going to be okay with different things that we're not okay with. That bitch for all of her evil was kind of fucking right. (laughs) She's right. She was, because you know what? We, We used to laugh at the idea that anyone would say, that biological sex isn't real. And now it's a fallacy if you say it. Yeah. JK Rowling has literally had her entire creation taken away from her for yeah. saying that fact. Yeah. We used to laugh at the idea of saying that eight month abortions were going to happen and now they are a thing. We were laughing at the idea of saying that um, uh, NAMBLA, which I didn't even realize was a real thing until recently and, and pedophiles were going to be considered a sexuality and now it's a thing yeah, it's happening. Yeah, yep. yeah. And, and, the, and I'm not saying again as a bisexual woman I'm not saying gay people don't deserve the right but it's like you said we have now sat there and goes taking off the gloves no limits let it go now we're all it's now the dissolving of boundaries to the point where you're just like we're not going to draw a line with anything anymore. Exactly. And because of that, you're, you are seeing the maps movements and that yeah. sort of thing. And these people are kind of piggybacking onto the gay, lesbian, bisexual, transgender rights movements and saying, well, hey, what about us? Shouldn't we be included in there too? Like we're quirky and abnormal. Like, isn't this a sexuality? And it's like, no. No, <laughs> no, listen, no, furries. No, we're drawing the line there. No, the listen, furries of Tumblr. Those this is kids. why we made fun of you. They're adults, right, exactly. like, but yeah, it's but it, it has become a taboo to talk about the piggybacking because they because of the stigma around gay people being pedophiles for so long that if you talk about it happening at all they view it as you're contributing to that stereotype and more people are going to associate us with that what are you doing just what are you doing you're making us look bad it's like no it's the opposite and we've said this on the show a few times by you not talking about it by you not drawing that line by you not addressing it within the quote-unquote community and saying it's a problem you are perpetuating that stereotype in the minds of these conservatives and these other people that you're okay with it. Like, and exactly. that, how else are they going to interpret it? 
if you don't draw those lines besides you being okay with it, even if you, you're not, you know, yeah. so you have to, you have to call it out. You have to address it and say like, Hey, we're gay, but that's not us. We're not okay with that. Like we draw this line. We, we aren't like those people. And, and it's like, you know, hey, I'm, I'm not about that. People, yeah, exactly. will, people will assume you are like those people if you don't draw the line. And that's kind of where we're getting now in the know. polarized. They don't know country. because yeah. unless you're willing to speak up and, you know, give, you know, your ideas, you know, speech in the public sphere and to defend them and to debate them and argue them, then people don't know what to think because they're not psychic. They're not in your head. Yeah. You know, they, they'll hear, they make very, you know, we, we don't really appreciate how complicated our culture and society has gotten over the last like 2000 years. You know, our, our monkey brains are built for handling interactions with maybe a couple of hundred people True. over yeah. our entire lifespan, living in like one little village type setting that's like where our hardware sort of evolved mm -hmm. and now we're in this situation where we're like a global society where we have access to the collective repertoire knowledge of humanity from basically ever and we're constantly being bombarded by information 24 7 it's like the exact opposite we're not we're not built for this so it's yeah. no wonder people like kind of lose it and go a little kooky and they go into these extremes of black white thinking where it's either all one way or all the other way. It's very hard to deal with nuance. Well, it's like whenever you notice suddenly all these famous people, um, they're genderqueer, they're they're uh, gay, they're uh, non-binary, and they always do it for a little while. Like, you know, Madonna did it first. She was every other uh, religion and every other uh, accent. And, you know, unless the mood hit her and then suddenly she was American again. And the thing is... <laughs> <laughs> suddenly she's back in the states yeah. and remember when madonna was british for like <laughs> exactly and, and so it's like you always see it and what i've noticed and i said it back in the day you had all these uh these kids back in the day that were emos and i said it on gothics's streams these are all the kids waiting for their hogwarts letters that never came and <laughs> I, I was i was sort of that kid when i, I love was that 12. line i'm not i'm not gonna lie when i was 12 i was I first, friends with half of them and i first read harry potter and i'm a big fan and I'm an apologist for Harry Potter in many, many ways. Yes. Yes. I was definitely that kid for a little while who was like checking the mailbox and like, when the fuck are they going to take me out right? of that place? Like, he you just whisked me off to Hogwarts already. I'm done with this shit. Like, because I was, a I, fr I was friends with people that genuinely sit there and go, I am the son of Beelzebub. I'm like, okay. <laughs> and these are people who would sit there and believe they were demon hunters and they believed wow. that they were in these, like, when I tell you, I knew people like this and I didn't take them seriously and none of us did. And the problem is these people were already on the right political leaning. They were in the right, they were in the correct way to get ahead. And so we all ignored them for too long. We allowed Tumblr to become a thing back when they believed <laughs> they were fairy kin or whatever the Never. fuck they think they are. And that's the problem. We allowed those furries and those lost emo edgelord uh, scene kids <laughs> <laughs> to, to arise from that. And, and somehow we told them they were valid. And it, it, I'm not saying that you shouldn't feel right in your life or, or good about yourself. But what I hear about is, well, I need to be validated in my existence. I am a Catholic, bisexual, Republican, five foot two, 400 pound, <laughs> married woman who's obsessed with her animals and refuse to go to, name one place where I'm represented in the entire sphere. 
I have no representation. I still exist. Every morning I still wake the fuck up. My feet still hit the ground and I still have to go about my day. And that's why I get a really big kick out. Oh, well, you've been represented for years. The fuck I have. The <laughs> fuck I have. Yeah, there is yeah, not a single person. The, you obsession, saw these- the obsession with representation too, is it's kind of annoying me. It's getting out of hand. And I understand the importance of representation. I'm not saying that it's not a significant thing. Yes, people need to see similar stories. That, that like, tell a story that, that they can resonate with to some extent or identify with to some extent. I get that. But it's the browbeating we're seeing in our culture now. It's forcing it into every little thing. It's like it's ruined so much shit. It's ruined Doctor Who. It's ruined Star Wars. It's ruined a lot of this shit. And it's just like, like Doctor Who used to be able to make these larger philosophical, political statements about race and and prejudice and things like that and oppression and war and it used to be able to address that with just a really good story using some aliens or some shit we didn't need a rosa parks episode we didn't we didn't need that stuff to make the bigger grand statements that say people like dr king and stuff would have loved and agreed with you don't have to make something woke to teach a a good value system you know just like you don't have to make it better the writing was better. The stories were solid. And look, I don't care that the doctor's a woman either. So for the record, I love Jodie Whittaker. So people who are going to call me a sexist over You're this a shit. sexist bigot, Daniel. Broadchurch was awesome. Jodie's a great actress. I As a gay man, you hate females and breeders. I get it. <laughs> it's the breeder. <laughs> no, it's just the, like Brent said, the writing. It's the woke writing. It's forcing, browbeating, make, making people feel like, like they're stupid and just... Oh, you're not as you're not as righteous as we are. Look at all the representation we have in this Broad show. Church now. is really good if you like true crime, yes, Broad murder, is, investigations, yeah. mysteries. Like I said, Jodie's so a, good. She's a great actress, and I think from Dave what Tenet, I from what I saw from that good. one season of Doctor Who that she did, I thought she was really trying to embody the character. But it was like, oh, let's have the the three four companions now, where we have the old white guy and the black woman and okay. the black dude and the Indian chick, and it's like. The woke stuff is, it's browbeating, like I said. It feels overbearing. It feels like we're being preached to and patronized. We had shit in the 90s. I was already doing all this stuff with representation and it didn't have to browbeat you. It just was, you know? Some of my favorite shows from the 90s were the the Black-centric shows and I didn't see any issue with that. And, you know... It's it's like the browbeating. You've got to shop black. You've got to watch black uh, artists. You have to design black characters. You know, back in the day, we got in trouble for designing black characters. Now, if we don't design them, we get in trouble. It's ridiculous. Yeah. And you know, like if you design black characters now, is that cultural appropriation for you? And you don't understand their experience, so you're not allowed to write it. But then if you, you know, write, but then if you write like a white girl character or something, then it's like, oh, you're not doing black representation. Not doing enough. Long and long. see, the thing is. You want to talk about cultural appropriation? I find the black community loves the whole astrological signs and things like that. Bitch, that's my culture. You appropriating it. Stop. <laughs> it is Western. It's white people shit. It white it's white people shit. That's Italian and Greek shit. Are you Italian? Are you Greek? No, get the fuck out. You, you can't have it no more. You're not a Libra. You just, you, you a Nigerian. Bye. And <laughs> what it comes down to is cultures all do steal from each other. Exactly. And there are different ways that happens. Yes. Sometimes it happens by force or like, we're going to claim this for our own. Most of the time it does not happen that way. It happens out of flattery out of that's a great idea i'm inspired by that i'm gonna do my own thing that's sort of similar to that and cultures have been doing that 
as long as humans have been around you know and but that's the thing it's okay as long like, as oh, it's not just, people doing it oh it's just the europeans and it's like bitch tell that to the mongols like i can't and they, like <laughs> i look at all of it when they sit there and say these things they sit there and they say that colonization and appropriation is the white man's game apparently you didn't pay attention to ancient egypt yeah. Apparently, you ignored half of what China did, half of what uh, I could list a billion different old like, like Islam. Islam Indigenous is spread by the sword. have been conquering each other for the entire history yeah. of humanity. Like, well, the, thank woke, you. the woke cult has like this sort of romantic idea of Native American cultures too, as like these like the magical native, humble, peaceful, magical shamans who were in one with nature and with each other and were peaceful. Not that like is that. not true at Oh, oh no rape was a fun fact in the native american culture like let's start yes. with that it's like rape, of, cannibalism yeah. like animal abuse but they, like, were, they were different that's the thing is each of these different tribes were very distinct in many ways yes yeah they had complicated spiritual beliefs that you know i'm sure have profound philosophical things to them that i've read about but it's just they were also brutal like they were it, fighting each other down like, to, you can't you can't automatically idealize or automatically uh, negate any yeah. group of people because or by part of the past by any but just by the nature of people there's going to be distinct members of the tribe and there's going to be or different tribes entirely and they will all be different from each yeah. other yeah. So and retroactively woking yeah. things I get I get really mad about like we can't enjoy um uh baby it's cold outside because it's problem no it's not like especially what really got me mad about like things like that where we're retroactively mad at things we're holding today's extreme standards to yesteryears not so much and on top of that have you guys ever watched the original video for just using reference baby it's cold outside have you watched the movie it came from chance what movie i have seen maybe the, it's I've cold outside the clip yeah it's the woman trying to get with the man that whole thing it's the girl forcing the guy okay like that's the first thing no one wants to talk about that part she's literally sitting there he's trying to leave and she's like yanking this motherfucker's coat off she's shoving <laughs> it back she's getting in the coat with him and the whole entire thing is apparently no one knows how to flirt these days yep. again do you not understand the tone? It's baby, it's cold outside. Oh no, what's in this drink? Uh oh. like you know, it's, <laughs> <laughs> it's exactly how it goes. And I'm like, I don't know if it's just that none of them witnessed their parents flirt. Did none of you see this? Like, did you not know that this is how people who are attracted to each other and are just trying to, you know, make excuses and stuff like that, where we're going off on this, we retroactively are telling each other that things that we used to find were okay. Well, now they're horrible. Now they're not good. Now they're bad. Oh, Christopher Columbus is just this absolute fucking trash person. So was most of historic, like yeah. almost every historical figure was a piece of shit. <laughs> to some extent we're human beings we're complicated as hell and yes, you have to contextualize people into their time period. And it, it, it is problematic when you take the lens of today's world and today's culture and you look at the past through that lens that historians real good true historians try not to do that that's the point because they understand it's going to taint how they view and study history and and try to understand how those people thought back then you can't project your current worldview and thoughts and values onto them 
or you're going to have a skewered view of the past. No, it's like they do the same thing with like slavery, making out like slavery was only ever a problem with white people or European descendants when it's like, no, that's going back into the history of humanity. Every people, every time has had slaves or has been enslaved to to some form and to some. Yeah, in some form. It's just like exactly. And not only that, but if you look at it, one of the only reasons it was a big deal in America and they're like, oh, well, if you look at England, it's like, yeah, because it. It wasn't a problem over there because they got paid for lost property. We didn't get paid for lost property here. That's exactly what it was. I'm not trying to make it sound like people are property, but that's how it was under the eyes of the law. You know, so you're sitting here, you're getting, you're praising these other countries for how wonderful they were. No, no, it's it's not that way. It's not that way at all. And I don't know. I just get very, very frustrated. Again, like you said, when we sit here and we try to talk about uh, appropriation and about what the white man did. Do you guys remember a few years ago uh, talking about appropriation, that Buzzfeed video where they said what the world would be like without black inventions. And it It was, it was a wreck because there was this (laughs) big movement. (laughs) Oh my God. It was about 10 years ago, maybe, maybe less. Buzzfeed went on this kick where they believed that everything that was good about America could only be attributed to black people. And it was a big uh, trend on Facebook. They would sit there and say, this invention was invented by black people. This invention was, and I would go on and I'd just do a quick Wikipedia. They were all lies. Every one of them was a lie. They were like, oh, you couldn't have the light bulb or the elevator. And I knew this is sad. So I knew the elevator was a lie because of the romance movie. <laughs> I was it like, wait a off. minute. That was invented by a white dude. Kate and Leopold taught me. <laughs> and, you know, it's like, it's things like that where, thank you, Hugh Jackman. Um, <laughs> but it's just like, and I started looking at it and they had to pull the video down you can't get it anymore but there was this this span of time where they were literally trying to erase anything white people did and say that it was by black people but what they were doing was they were misrepresenting it so a white guy invented the the elevator but then 40 50 60 years later a black guy fixed a bulb that made it work better or or a fuse and so that's why the modern elevator got fixed and helped by a black thing i think i think that just proves the point we were making earlier that cultures all sort of intermingle and inform and improve upon each other's things you know i think that's what's happening more often than it's like a culture is forcibly like just stealing an idea and claiming it as their own you know exactly I, i don't know i think complexity and multiculturalism and all of that i i think it's a great thing and i'm fine with it but i think it's when you're forcing the diversity that like i said it's it's a brow beating it, it doesn't feel genuine or authentic it just it feels like telling a good story doesn't matter anymore it's just how how um virtuous can we look by including as many different types of people and characters as possible just to go back to the you know the point that we started off with this in media and and all that oh, yeah. representation all this shit i personally hate the checklist i hate i hate the checklist i hate the checklist when it comes to jobs Um, I hate that now because of wokeness, children who are exceedingly intelligent are getting denied schooling because they're not the right color. Um, Because, you know, 
I don't care. I'm sorry. I don't care if there isn't a single woman in the NASA program. I don't care if there's not a single black person in a mathematics program. I don't give a shit. Just like I, it doesn't if, matter. If Harvard is yeah. all Asian people, so be it. Yeah, just like it doesn't so matter it. if there's not a single white person on an NBA team because we, you know, black people are overrepresented in most sports, actually. Because they're really fucking yeah. good at it's it. Good. So it's just, you want to base this on merit. Like, I, frankly, I'd rather have the best possible pilot or the best possible quarterback or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't matter what their skin color or, or, their, or their gender or any of that is. It's, are they the best? Did they earn that position, you know? That's with, my biggest with, concern. With this, I don't uh, care. I'm trying to think what they call it, but affirmative action policy. Yes. You know, that was the term I was trying to I was trying to remember. It's just these affirmative action policies are forced diversity. It's just we got to meet a certain quota. So we have to have well, now they call it now it's diversity, diversity equity yeah. and inclusion. Sure. That's the new die. Word. Yeah. Die. Yeah. Well, they diversity update, inclusion they rebranded now. Yeah. It's like they rebranded, you know, like they do this every so often. Like global warming was rebranded as climate change. Climate change. Yeah. It's just like stupid. well, because they showed. I saw a photo the other day, and it was hilarious because they said that if you look from 1901 to now, the the oceans have risen, and they showed a picture of the uh, Statue of Liberty Island. The oceans have gone down. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, oh, God. I just I was dying, and it's just like you know, it's stuff like that where I, I get really really tired. I don't want to get hired for a job out of pity of my genitalia. I don't hey, want to get hired yes. for. Yes. Like, I'm sorry. I I don't what give do a shit if every it? doctor is named Gunta and if every athlete is named Tyrone and if every <laughs> teacher is named Barbara is if they're the best teacher for the job that's all i give a shit about and i'm sorry if that hurts your feelings i'm sorry if literally your family did not educate you enough and you were growing up in a house where you were not promoted to get an education if you too stupid to do it you too stupid to do it i don't give a shit (laughs) and that's the main thing i don't want to go shopping and gothics is talking about this because she went to a store in in dc and it was black owned she saw these these earrings that she really really liked they busted 50 dollars earrings and they busted within a week of owning them oh Oh my my god God. and it's like you know what i now if i see that it says woman owned or black owned and that's prominent like that's one of the things they make sure you know Mm -hmm. i was like do i do i really want this Mm -hmm. yeah like it that's almost makes you just want to avoid it's it. It's like a red flag instead of yeah. an effective advertisement. Well, it's just buy, yeah. buy from a business you like and support because you like what they do and you like the products and, and you support it. Like I don't buy from businesses based on like who you're having sex with or like how much melanin you have in your skin or whether or not you have a penis or a vagina. Like none of that matters in regards to do you provide the service that I'm looking for the product that I'm looking for and it's quality, you know? That's my main goal. I want quality above all else. My dad, uh, again, in the, in the early 90s, he got released from a very good job. Um, and when he had tried for a promotion before he had gotten released for calling them out in their bullshit, um, it was him and a black gentleman who had never done the job. Never. He was fresh off the street. My dad had a college education. My dad had been working there now for closing on 12 years. And they overlooked my father for the black gentleman who, by the way, ended up getting fired. Oh, yeah. that, that's affirmative action right there in practice. Yeah. And what's crazy is in the education system, 
it's literally bypassing the problem and ignoring addressing really why more black and latino students are dropping out at higher rates despite the fact that we're meeting the quotas in universities Mm -hmm. and the campuses are diverse and all this stuff it's like there's something clearly happening in the early education years in the household and the school that isn't being addressed and by just forcing a certain number in your university to be this diverse so you force them all in you are overlooking other people who might not be black who were perfectly qualified to enter the university and would have probably graduated but you overlooked them because you needed to meet that quota and now you put this person in for whatever good reason you did it and they're they're dropping out so how do we address the disparity you know, in, in people graduating who are minorities plus people who aren't. Clearly, the affirmative action policies aren't doing that. They're not helping in that regard. And this is what, the, you know, the woke crowd doesn't want to acknowledge that a lot really of this, want, it's, it's appearances. It's, it's appearances. Just, as long as we It's not about look, addressing the root problem. Yeah. It's not about honestly just approaching. looking diverse. It's just about yeah. looking diverse, about being able to say that, you know, our campus is like X number, whatever, yep. blah, blah, blah because that that's what they want they don't care about the actual content they care about the appearance and the thing is even when they get the appearance because like i don't know if you watch caitlin bennett's videos caitlin bennett can be a little caustic um i i love her for it because she is unapologetically a bitch and it's (laughs) hilarious when she is she has walked on campuses with gay trans and minority people and the minority sorry is she liberty hangout Yes. Got, got it. And she has walked on campuses with people behind her that supported Trump. Some were Cuban, some were gay, and they were physically assaulted by other people claiming that they were all white supremacists. Wow. So it's like, it doesn't matter because the thing is, those labels only get you so far now because now <laughs> that identity can get taken away because, it, you know, going all the way back to the beginning of our conversation, I am waiting for it. I'm waiting for it. I'm going to be told that I am internalized fat phobic or I hate myself as a woman. I'm waiting for we've, it. We've gotten that already. Uh, internalized, With the gay thing. Yeah, internalized homophobia, self-hating gays. Uh, we were traitors to our people. Closet think, conservatives. As if like, they're my people. Like y'all ain't my people. Like I'm you're not my people. Like you're not my people. <laughs> like, I don't even like, know who you are. Yeah, like, like, and, why are you trying like, to associate with I'm me? not part of a group of letters either. Like I'm I'm not an anyone. I happen yeah, to be no, right. This, well, especially because as a bisexual, yeah, like I, I, I find it so funny. The gay, it used to be just gay lesbian, right? That's it. And when the bisexuals tried to come in, a lot of gay people don't like us. We're disgusting to them because we can't choose a side. Just choose and, a side, bitch. Come yeah. on. That's not fair. Like you, you oh, get and, to enjoy vagina and penis. Like it's right. You're and so then when they found out I was married, oh, oh, then I'm just a liar. I'm just, I'm just doing it because of clout. Okay, so buy clout is a thing, apparently. Um, or you and- just found someone you were happy with and settled with them, despite the fact that they were a man. They could have been a woman, but they happened to be a man. How how dare I? I shouldn't how have done that. And and then it just came down to you know we were we were allowed in the letters, but then now we're not allowed. It, and so you know what? No, I wanted to be in the LGBT for a while because I am technically. But you know what? Fuck y'all. Like you're missing out. <laughs> we're not missing out. I don't care no more because it's not it, it they went once you get into the the community 
the as Chappelle says the alphabet people yep once you get into it the diversity ends like it drives me nuts that now the LGBT flag which the rainbow was meant to be an umbrella it already represented everybody yeah right now we have to include a brown stripe but the brown stripe isn't good enough we got to include a black stripe that's not good enough now we got to include triangle we got it it looks so ugly now before it was so iconic yep daisy get down already um (laughs) it it was so iconic being just the rainbow. They did great marketing on it. And then they fucked it all up. Yeah. And yeah. each each color too is like supposed to represent something too. So it's just like, I don't know. It makes no sense. Like you said, the rainbow already represents the color spectrum. That's the point. So you don't got to throw like brown or black or anything in there. Because if you mix two of those colors in the rainbow, you can make those colors. It's in the spectrum. That's kind of how it works and then you've got the trans then they added the trans flag onto the rainbow flag. Yeah. and it's just like and it's going back like you know being an artist in this day and age going back to all that yes the only way you can really make it honestly quickly and make it sell a lot is if you do a flag series it's true I see it. no i i agree with you I and mean, you mentioned this earlier you know today trying trying to be an artist and speaking out politically is basically almost impossible. You can speak out politically if you agree with the wokeness and you align with it, but if you criticize it in any way and disagree with it, you're you're cast out. And it's incredibly difficult to make a name for yourself and and to get people to want to buy your art if you're an outspoken person in those ways. Because even though maybe your art might not be political, and I don't know if yours is or, or isn't. I, I don't think yours is. Some of I have political artwork that I haven't posted. A lot of mine isn't. A lot of mine is kind of more dealing with spiritual matters, but some of it is. The point is, even if it isn't political, just you being open about those views automatically makes people hesitant to want to support anything else you do because then it's going to be like, oh, well, I might get canceled if they see that I bought a piece from so-and-so or that you know I read so-and-so's book and like posted support about it or something. It's 100%. I was looking to see because I had, so I drew about, it was during June. I actually drew a political series based on the fact that uh, trans, gay, bi people, that they don't require the, po- the politics back and forth. But I was very nervous to, to upload them because I have kept my politics out of my artwork. I kept them out completely. But now at this point, I, I didn't remember until you guys said it. It's like, why fucking bother? So I'm probably going to post them to my Patreon soon. And then if they get a positive enough response, I might put them up on my Instagram. I think you should. Sure. The way I've been sort of approaching this is I kind of viewed it as, you know, all of these things that I'm doing will each inform the other audience wise. So, you know, people who like watch the show and enjoy this might be more likely to buy my art or my books or say someone who's read my books and like them might be more likely to watch this show or buy my art or someone who bought my art might be more likely to watch the show and etc you know and kind of and i'd yeah. rather just be real in who i am and all put together as one thing instead of compartmentalizing that you know to try to have one audience for one thing and another audience for another thing god that sounds exhausting like hey you like me, what I say you like what i do support it but I'm not going to pretend to be one thing in my art realm and then like have my secret podcast life or something on the side. It's just, this is what I am. It was difficult, but I guess the main part of it was is that 
I didn't have faith in having a following. Yeah. Um, and Gothic's got very mad. She's like, you'd be working on this. And I was like, because eh. I've been in the art game for decades now. And people, and again, as artists, you'll definitely know this. So you get people just there and go, oh, you're so good. You're so wonderful. But they're not buying your shit. So, okay, I'm good and wonderful as long as you can look at it, but you don't feel I'm good and wonderful enough to pay for. Mm -hmm. So then I go on DeviantArt. Now, obviously looking back, my DeviantArt, I did not have a lot on it. But even then, as I was trying, you know, I didn't get a lot of people noticing my. I shit. haven't been on DeviantArt in years. Mine oh. does still exist, though, and a lot of my juvenilia is on it. And I will say I have to go through and uh, take or at least uh, privatize a lot of it because a lot of it was photos. I treated it like a second form of social media for myself. Yeah. I have um, pictures and stuff there. I posted poems and shit too. Yeah. I, I just left it all on there. I, once in a while, like uh, a couple of years will pass and I'll remember it exists and go back there. I'll be like, oh, I remember when I was 15 and 16 on DVR. <laughs> Those were the Yeah, I'm going to try to upload all my stuff onto there and see if I can just drag people. Because every once in a while I get likes and stuff. Yeah. Um, so I'm like, you know, why it's not? Good, it is a good place to like have a portfolio and all that. Yeah. But I need to, I need to finish my website and get all my stuff you know, on a website that's just like just for my art stuff. Yes. So. I keep getting, again, I keep getting yelled at that too, but it was just like, I was, I kept convincing myself that I wasn't going to get a final following anyway. Like I keep saying it because this is the biggest shock of all that I went from 180 subscribers last week to now I am at 500. Yeah. Which is great. That's freaking. That's awesome. a big jump. For me. Us. We didn't even hit 300 yet. We've been doing this shit since uh, April, I think. But yeah. that's the thing. Like, that that's you guys are going to get that growth too because you're do, you're you're out here you're talking i see you on your twitter you, you, like you guys are making it it's gonna be real i think if you're authentic and you're real your people will find you you know like yeah we found you and we want to talk to you because we're like this person's funny she's real like we saw you on gothics and then we start following you on twitter and then when you did your youtube and you like, were like yes you were like should i bitch. do a youtube i was like of course you, you should do a youtube yeah do it yes but see, like that's, and again, that's a confidence. When you guys first asked me, I was like, it, it, "There's nothing to me. Why have me on? No, it's I'm not the personality." And and so it's it's a confidence thing because I was like, "No one's gonna want to see this random fat bitch that nobody knows. No one knows who I am. I am Gothic's assistant. That's it." And <laughs> that's my claim well, to fame. So, so it's like, why should I do that? <laughs> had, uh, we had this woman Laura on a couple episodes ago and she was someone who uh once was trans um f to m and then like detransitioned so really that's a very interesting episode that's actually our most popular episode so far so that one's worth watching but she she had a similar kind of moment where she was just like holy shit people actually like care about what i have to say and like want to talk to me like it, yeah. is, it is shocking at first you know it's just like wait people give a shit about what i think and they actually want to chat with me like oh my god right yeah. well because again and i don't know if it's a humble complex i never like to feel or seem like i'm like yeah you want to fucking talk i know i know like, <laughs> i never want to feel like that and so my automatic response is like eh, I, I won't glow myself up no it's it's not a work maybe uh, like that's just automatically how i react i was like that my whole life man downplaying myself it's like yeah it's only been up until like the last year or so that i've been trying to allow myself to like flex and feel confident and be like i am good at this shit like i'm good at what i do i'm a good looking dude like allow myself to feel like confident because you know growing up where i grew up and i didn't go into my family and all that stuff and i won't hear but 
I was always downplaying myself. I didn't want to shine too much. I wanted to, you know, I knew I was good at stuff, but just the way my parents were and all of that, I always kind of tried to not stand out too much, but it, you know, it was hard. I was also good at what I did. So. See, for me, it was more like just, we were Catholic and yeah. Catholics are taught to be humble. I was raised Catholic and too. Yeah. See, well, I was figuring cause you, the efficacy um, on your recent NFT was resembling mary i'm looking at it right oh, yeah. now it is definitely mary yep. you know that that point of that painting actually was to kind of fuse science and religion together into, into one image like the background of it is uh based on the pillars of creation picture of the nebula so it's it's based on a picture. oh yeah the the the, the, the towers the the, like, yeah so it's loosely based on that the background of it so it's literally based on a picture that was taken by a telescope in space something that could only be done through scientific means to see what that looks like and then I took a very traditional iconic Christian Christian image and contextualize it into a scientific space. And yeah, symbolically, it's kind of showing, you know, the creation of stars in the belly of the nebula symbolically is like the creation of Christ coming out of Mary or us coming out of matter, etc. We'll see, because for me, and this is where I get this a lot from people, they're like, how can you be Catholic and also believe in science? I'm like, because any human being that looks at, in my opinion, any organic matter or the way the world even operates and doesn't see that there was a hand in it by someone else. I say you're just pretend. I know. Thank you. What a I think. I think they go together. I think true spirituality embraces science and looks at a, any deeper understanding of the mechanics of the physical universe is a, a deeper understanding of God, and that's how we should look at that. That was how a lot of the the Islamic mystics and scholars actually looked looked at it too, and thankfully they did because they preserved a lot of the ancient Greek and Roman texts, the scientific texts that then were reinterpreted introduced to Europe during the Renaissance time. So it's like, thank you, Islamic Empire, despite all the craziness and slavery and killing people. And what, stuff. I wanted to ask <laughs> Starsan, what, uh, what's the artistic medium that you, or mediums that you enjoy to work in? So I, I don't know if this is Besides an ADHD thing. Say it again. Besides videos, of course. Besides videos. So I love working. Um, uh, pencil is my first love. I try to do color pencil. Apparently I thought I was good at it until I saw these people that do like hyper realistic color pencil drawings and i'm like oh shit I gotta get there, are, there are definitely steps to the color pencils that steps. yeah and but i will say overall it's any physical so i have actually um one of gothics's fans graciously donated to me a beautiful drawing tablet that i plan on animating on the problem is i i don't know if for you guys, the same thing, I have to build it in my head, how to use it, get the step-by-step -step and physically understand the physics. Um, and the problem is if I can't, it's scary. It's white noise and we ain't fucking yeah. doing it. Yeah. Um, no, and the, so uh, the digital pad is definitely, it takes getting used to, especially if, if you're someone who is used to traditional mediums, like I am. Super traditional. Uh, I, I mean, I dabbled in Photoshop a lot when I was younger like 15 16 maybe but that was with a mouse and that's fucking hard to like it's very mouse. fucking hard but man when you got the pencil like on the digital pad it does really make that process so much easier it does <laughs> but the problem is is the program itself so like how i operate if you've looked at any of my artwork if you'll look at my um artwork i did over uh thank you um i don't know if you saw it but my cats just go flying by um <laughs> 
when I do my markers, it's easy because I've got that alcohol marker right there. I know that I put the darkest color here and then I take the lighter color and I shade it out and look, now I've got that semi 3D image. The problem is then I try to take that exact same mentality and I put the method onto digital and it looks so shitty. And so it's like, I, I can't, get the mechanics. And I will say that I was Very practicing with crayons. is the key. Yes. But then even then it's, it's, it's so I then using the proper tool to make it like when I tell you, I am like a remedial child <laughs> learning. <laughs> and I have a lot of friends who do digital art. They're like, star, it's not that hard. I'm like, yes, it is. There's, <laughs> there's a lot of features on those things. Like I'm using clip studio now. And I just downloaded that. It's great. I love it. It took a while though, to really figure out the different tools and all that shit. And it, it's intimidating at first. So I, I totally understand it, but I'm like you, I, pr I prefer physical mediums. I work mostly in oil paint. So see, that's terrifying to me. Oil painting. Cause that shit's expensive. And it is angry. <laughs> but look, I'm going to tell you, as I've told many people, it uh -uh, take it out there. It really is of the physical paint mediums. I think the most forgiving of all of them, you know, and, and I think it just intimidates people because when we see some of the masterpieces that have been done with oil, we're just like, I'm never going to be able to do that. Like that shit is crazy. But I've seen hyperrealism done with acrylics too. And if anything, I think it's, I think it's more difficult to achieve hyperrealism with acrylics because it dries like that. Oh yeah, they actually have, I, I forgot what brand it was. They have now made um, acrylics that don't dry as quickly. So you can utilize them more like oil. I watch um, my, my true introduction to YouTube um, aside from the original stuff because I used to watch Caters 1-7 and uh, Mr. Safety back in the day um, was watching all these art YouTubers. And before I got with Gothics, I was considering being an art YouTuber, which is especially why I wasn't going to touch anywhere you could do a separate channel for it still as long as they realize who they're getting art advice from it's this you know insurrectionist trump supporting evil racist bitch <laughs> just so they exactly know. since since i'm such an evil creature of the night i wanted to make sure maybe i should just keep it all on one channel i i don't know we're still we're still figuring it out yeah. um but that's I, it's exactly what i was like oh i'll keep my opinion things to myself and i'll just if someone asks, I will say yes, because I'm never going to deny it, but. You can still do a separate channel, I think. And again, as long as they realize who they're dealing with, I mean, you might lose followers once they do, but it is. You just have a separate little with. series on, on your same channel. I want I want to do a book channel. That's for sure. Or a channel where I just talk about rare books and stuff in my collection. And I do like Ooh. a book for each episode, that sort of thing. Politics could come into that though, depending if the book I'm covering is a political one, so. Especially if it's one of those like rare political books that like made from like the 40s or the 50s that you can't find anymore. Stuff like that. I love the rare shit. So I'm definitely, I'm going to do episodes on interesting little gems and like rare books I have, like first editions and that sort of nerdy shit. I, love I would definitely want to see that. I love like, so that that's something where, um, again, I, I have all these random things. I love talking about old stuff, ancient stuff. One of my favorite jams is watching the History Channel. Obviously not all of it is, you know, I like ancient aliens. Don't judge me. And <laughs> <laughs> that is funny. Gods of Eden is a good book for that. There so are that. some 
facts in ancient aliens though you know it's no, just, it's it's, it's the way they aliens. it's the way they presented and sensationalized and this and this and that but it doesn't mean that they don't actually talk about some really true anomalies on the show so william family a yeah. gods of eden is great, great book. book great book. really good book that subject gods of eden yeah by william bramley we can talk aliens on here at some point maybe we can we should wrap episode. it up we're, we're about <laughs> yeah. two hours yeah yeah oh, two hours which is crazy i have the gift of gab i apologize guys oh, it was great it, it was, was a lot of fun it was a fun conversation we, we lost someone who likes to talk i was surprised how i looked down and it was like i'm like it's two o'clock already, already. star sand thank you so much for enjoy for joining Absolutely. us it's been a real pleasure and i know. will put i'll put links to your link tree and such down in the description but you just want to tell people you. where they can follow you yeah remind them um, audio only people yes so um let me double check because i just switched it on my youtube so it's a brand new uh brand new thing for me let me see. I got to go to my link tree to do it, but you can find me on Instagram, Lady Starson. I have a TikTok, Lady Starson. And then you your, I, your YouTube is Starson the Original. Is Starson the Original? Yes. Um, but if you just look up Starson, you come up. They'll, they should find you. Really? Yeah. That never used to happen. It always yeah, used to be a cleaning I, well, service. I, no, yeah, I look, I look it took you a while up. for us to yeah. get dangerous rhetoric to show yeah. up too. We show up now finally, and we finally you, you do. do show up. So they should be able to just look up Star Sign and they'll find you. I was so happy. I was a cleaning service for years. No, no, no you're a real <laughs> person. But yeah, you know, keep keep up the YouTube channel. I think your content is awesome. You know, and I can't, I can't wait to watch your channel grow and to see Thank all you the guys shit you talk about. Did you give your Twitter? And I'm just... Oh yeah. Um. So I have two Twitters. Uh, you Wait. can find me at the Starson, and you can find me at Starson. Uh, what's that fucking thing? Underscore. Underscore. Thank you, God. I have a moment. Dude. Underscore Gothics. Um, those are the two you're gonna see me on. I, I have other one. I'm gonna follow your other one now. Yeah, that one is about my artwork. I uh, I can't figure out how to link again, but I'm gonna start trying to post my artwork on there again. It didn't link properly, but either way, yeah. And um, my main thing is I'm really trying to get my Patreon up because that's where I'm going to be trying to get a lot of content built up on there. I want to I also try to do that. So you have like three now, right? I have two. I have three? Yeah, I was so happy for you. I was like, yes, you got the quick. I have two Patreons, which I've had for like the last year. And they're both really? just, they're like friends of mine. Actually, I might have three. I think it is three. So I think we're on the we're on like the same page here. But I, do, I want to do the same as you. I want to try to build that up. But I haven't decided if I want to like do it on Patreon or if I just want to like start over and go on to subscribe star only because I fucking hate Patreon and I hate try Patreon. locals. Uh, uh, Gothic is on locals and that one is yeah, uh, it Mikey just got bought too. by Rumble, I think, they or other did, way yes. around. Yeah, Rumble just bought them. Yep. So Rumble bought them, and then Rumble also got like sort of bought up by this other corporation. Interesting. So a lot of money moves happening behind the scenes with social media. Mm-hmm. I'm really excited for uh, Timmy Pool is doing a decentralized version of patreon that also will be like a like a website setup utility so that what you can basically have a members only thing you basically have your own patreon Mm. and it's decentralized and you can take payments so i'm kind of excited for that and when when that comes out i'd like to do something for dangerous rhetoric for for his for that thing absolutely uh, that's why i've been hesitant to put dangerous rhetoric up on you know anything that could be canceled because i feel like where it's only a matter of time we'll see they might they might chop us (laughs) this is why we have everything backed up on rumble and website just go to the website at dangerous rhetoric on that note this episode will be out probably sometime later today if not today definitely no, I'm, tomorrow i'm gonna delay so. it a little bit because tomorrow we just had one it'll probably come out saturday maybe sunday all right saturday well just sunday. let me know i will make sure i promote it everywhere as well awesome 
Like, comment, subscribe, Do share. Do things. All that Follow cool Star Sun. She's amazing. Thanks for watching Thank this episode. Thank you. And take care, guys. We'll be back again soon. Bye-bye, guys. Bye, everybody. Bye.